everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am your local newsman that you do not recognize as that god flying through the sky, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth, I almost didn't recognize you with those glasses and that suit. It does a lot for me. I it, gotta tell you, it does, it does. But you're dressed fancy because this is the fiftieth episode of Major Issues, very uh, inching closer and closer to that annual. Yes, uh, yes, that we I are. cannot wait for. But we decided to do something a little special for this fiftieth issue. Um, we, as comic fans, comic movie fans, members of the Click, and hosts of the Major Issues podcast, get into quite a bit of debate amongst various topics. That happened. Is that fair to say? That would be fair to say. Yes, the uh, the the chat room is quite the interesting place. Yes, all the all the hosts of the Major Issues podcast are constantly talking about um, books and and films, and we've been recently talking about just the state of the DCEU mm. and whether or not it has legs to continue. Because we we're hearing about Flash being Flashpoint. The Flash film being Flashpoint, and that still doesn't have a director, if I'm not no, mistaken? No, and, and, and now we're hearing that the Wonder Woman movie might be the Flashpoint if they decide to do that, because it's the only one that everyone liked, and they <laughs> need to just keep her. And then you also had um, the weird Henry Cavill news about him maybe not being Superman mm-hmm. anymore. The stuff with Ben Affleck about him maybe, maybe, not, being maybe Bat- not being Batman, Batman anymore. anymore. Right, exactly. So... It's um. You need to just hire nobodies who need the money and and are gonna stick around. But we're still getting the the Joker film. We're still getting the Suicide Squad <sighs> film. We're still getting the uh, Gotham City Sirens film, which is apparently now Birds of Prey film. Right, and I mean, I would say that those films, uh, those films particularly, not the uh, Wonder Woman sequel, those are gonna be kind of dark. Those are gonna be. I mean, they're following villains for the most part. Particularly, yes. You know, um, we're still getting Shazam coming out pretty soon, but. Well, yeah, Shazam is probably going to be the most lighthearted thing that we'll get, um, especially if they don't know whether or not or when they're going to do a Flash film, which is weird because as comic readers, I would say that the most of us uh, as part of Major Issues Podcast were pretty excited for uh, DC's Rebirth line. Yes. And this idea that they would be, I mean, they kind of gone far away from it, but this idea <laughs> that they would be bringing back the optimism, the hope, the light yes. uh, into the DC um it's a DC's mythos, and they don't. Jeff seem... Johns and all his happy smiles. Right, they don't seem to be doing that in the films, and it has caused a point of contention between us because we've been trying to decide um, when that light went away. Mm. When when did the DC universe, as far as the movies are concerned, when when did that light start to dim? And I have definitively said that I think that the very first film in DC's extended universe, Man of Steel. Is the film that that where the the, the since I can already see you getting, <laughs> I can already see you wanting to explode. I I, I am I am waiting for my piece. <laughs> the sins I think that the sins of Man of Steel, the things that they did, um, not they they did they did not see what the latent effects of of choices that they made in the characterization of Superman in Man of Steel. They did not see foresee what uh tremors it would create in mm. the rest of the universe and. I believe in slanting the most straight and narrow character that you have, everything else uh, ends up being adjusted to that, and I think we ended up in a darker universe. Sure. But um, how do you feel about that? Um, 
whether or not most people would agree with it, and I, I can see why it wouldn't, but I need to, I want to bring up something about Men of Steel that I actually noticed as I rewatched it right from the very beginning, or rather, not even rewatched from the beginning, as I rewatched um the trailers for it. Okay. Um, and a lot of people do allude to is that a lot of this does stem from the success of the Dark Knight trilogy and the direction they took with that film. Right. As I watched the trailer for the Man of Steel movie, I remember that now we all look at it as sort of the the Snyderverse. Mm-hmm. This is the Zack Snyder vision and the ramifications of the Zack Snyder villain of the Zack mm-hmm. Snyder vision. Yeah. When the trailers first came out for Man of Steel and all the information first came out for Man of Steel, Zack Snyder was not the name people noticed. It was Nolan, wasn't it? It was Christopher Nolan. They said, "Oh." Christopher Nolan is working on Superman. Christopher Nolan, who made the three, potentially the three greatest Batman films we've ever seen, right. is getting on Superman. This might be amazing. And it's also uh, accompanied by the bombastic score yes. of one uh, Hans Zimmer, who scored the entire Dark Knight uh, trilogy. Yes, he did. So it, it almost seemed to have the hallmarks of a, of a story we already just saw, and that was tremendous. Yes. It was great. People we had faith in now to do something that we we believed in and uh and for people who are aware of the the inner workings of movie making you had Zack Snyder who had just come off the success of 300 and to a smaller extent the Watchmen film and to a smaller 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 extent Sucker Punch yes (laughs) (laughs) but he had a visual aesthetic that you were just like okay this could be a very bombastic film which is something that Superman has always lacked, whether it's been different visions of direction or technological inaccuracy, uh, inadequacies at the time. I can agree with that. I, I do think that these movies, have, while they have served Superman, they have not served Superman to the best of right. the character's uh, uh, abilities. Yes. Um, I would say that the marriage that Man of Steel ends up having with the character of Superman is solely... Um, cosmetic in a way, <laughs> like uh, where we get the suit we deserve. In my opinion, I'm fine. I'm on and off with the with the red tight stuff, but that I like that suit. I do like sure. the Man of Steel suit. I, I think um, the Man of Steel suit is beautiful. The effects are finally the effects we deserve. Yes, this kind of stuff. The flying is amazing. The fight, the fighting is great. We'll get to all that in a bit. The flying, but yes, yes. Um, <laughs> we'll get to all that in a bit, but I think that there is a fundamental. Um, mischaracterization of this of Superman in this film, and I I believe that had this film been a standalone film, hmm. like you would say, like maybe Superman Returns. I don't know sure. if they ever thought they were gonna bring that into everything. I know they mentioned Gotham and stuff like uh, that. On occasion. No, but, but Superman. Ret- oh, I don't know if it was ever meant to be like a connected a, universe, a big connected universe. But like it's it's made to be this sort of spiritual sequel to like Superman Two, right? And, and that wasn't connected. Th- and we pretend three through four, three and four didn't happen. Oh, it's a, it's the Halloween stuff. <laughs> the yeah, Halloween yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, granted, nobody Halloween wants to cool. remember three and four was silly. Yeah, because you know, yeah. If Money. a strand of hair can hold up a one-ton barbell, but can be cut by a pair of scissors, maybe kind of got some problems there. That's true. I mean, it was ant metal scissors. They, they didn't get to tell you that at the time. Sure. Now, now, okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you made that face because. I don't want any of that in this conversation. The same way I just randomly came up with a fact that could fix a plot hole, 
what's not seen on screen in Man of Steel, I cannot, I cannot uh, bring to the judge as far as, well, you know, that sure. was that was done off screen. The audience did not need to see that. Sure. I feel like there's a bunch of a, a, a bunch of parts in this film and a bunch of themes in this film that are awesome. You know what I thought about watching rewatching this? Um Chronicle. Thought about Chronicle in a lot of ways. I've not seen it, but go on. So Chronicle, um Was that also Snyder? No, that was um Land Mike I said Max, Max Landis. Landis. That was Max Landis. Who also had an interesting Superman pitch and right work so but max which i've landis, never read but i've heard but mixed things about max landis also comes from this place where he wants to tell stories of traumatic uh heroes and yes. people who deal with trauma and stuff like that and basically you uh chronicle is found footage um it's a found footage film about a bunch of teenagers who magically get superpowers and how one of them doesn't uh, one of them go mad with it. He's kind of like bullied at home and bullied in school, so eventually he gets to the eventuality of like, well, I have superpowers and I can do whatever I want. Why am I dealing with any of this? I think stuff? I saw a little bit of it because I think that like, they put something like right, right through him at the end. Yeah, and yeah. so they get you get like a bunch of the realistic superhero fight sure. stuff sure. where you're breaking through buildings and and stuff like that. Um, and and I like that. And this, I liked Man of Steel. As a film, and I do now, or still, I have to say that I'm going to be saying that a lot of times in this episode because <laughs> I don't want anyone to think I'm a man of steel hater. I did not hate this film, but um, a lot of people have become Superman fans because of this film. Sure, and I wonder, like, with any other characterization of somebody, let's say they decided that Captain America needs to start cursing. He just needs to f this and. And, you know, uh, F that and Mother F this. And then people were like, finally, a Captain America I can relate to. Well, they did spend an entire movie making fun of the fact that he doesn't. Right. <laughs> which then which then serves to tell me that you can you can make somebody straight and narrow. Sure. Just if, if, if the world isn't straight and narrow, then the world will take uh, issue with it. Or at least express, like, that's kind of weird. Like, we don't do that anymore. Right. That happens in uh, Donner Superman where he says something like, that's swell. And she's like, people don't say swell, bro. Like, what are you doing, yeah. what are you doing out here? You want some cocaine? Because that's what they were doing in the 70s. Right. So, so um, uh, yeah, th- why were they afraid to make Superman straight and narrow? The good guy, the Boy Scout. Why do you think that, I wouldn't say, maybe maybe fear is not the right answer because we'll get into fear in a bit. <laughs> but, but uh. Why do you think they felt the need to reinvent Superman? We had a, a, a little bit of a conversation uh, off air about Superman's um, Superman's image in pop culture. You want to yes. talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah. So I I mentioned that there are a lot of people who have a opinion or a how do you say a um a vision of Superman that does not actually come from experience with anything Superman related. Yeah. There's a peripheral um there's a peripheral experience with Superman because like it's a it's a character you can't possibly get away from because it's still so deeply rooted in pop culture. Yes. There are people out there in the world who have never read a Superman book or have ever seen a Superman film in their life, but they have the tattoo on their arm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it stands for something, whether it's strength or or something that they uh, recognize or relate to with it. But also, a lot of the times, you get things that are just uh, you get ideas that are very influenced by pop culture around you. Right. So, if you don't have any direct 
uh, history or experience with Superman, but you enjoy watching Robot Chicken or Family Guy, that is the vision you have of him. The stuff they make fun of about him being a good guy and a Boy Scout and him wearing his underwear outside of his outfit. Yeah, and he really is the butt of jokes when it comes yes. to that because he doesn't waver, at least in comic book portrayals for the most only, part. Only above Aquaman. Yeah, he sticks He sticks <laughs> to his morals. Um, But yeah, the zeitgeist in pop culture is, is crazy because sometimes I end up tr- trying to sit here and debate myself on whether Christopher Eccleston is as good of a Doctor Who as uh, David Tennant. Sure. I've never watched Doctor Who. I've never <laughs> seen a single episode of Doctor Who. But I know that both of those men right. played Doctor Who. Well, how do I know that? Because sure. it's everywhere. If, if it's popular enough, you don't have to be in it to know about it. Right. And then we talk about that when we talk about people like LeBron James or John Cena. or Certainly. Like, these people have to I, break my, through to the mainstream. My, my James Bond is Pierce Brosnan. I've never seen the other ones. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I know Pierce Brosnan and, to a degree, Daniel Craig. Right. And I prefer Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. So, and th- that's just... I, that's my version of it, despite the fact that many people would tell me that Sean Connery is the best one. Or, right. you know... People uh, have made assumptions about things like The Walking Dead, yeah. like Game of Thrones, anything that has reached a massive level of fans. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be people who think that they know what it's about from a distance and, and we'll, say and that's we'll not make for peripheral me. Peripheral opinions on yeah, it, yeah, and say that's not for me. And I feel like for a lot of people, Superman falls into that category. One hundred percent. That's not because I'm it's not an a... inescapable, you know, uh, how do you say archetype? Would you say you're a Superman fan? One hundred percent. Okay. What? What? Were you a Superman fan prior to? Uh, films were you like were you a Superman the animated series watcher? Were you? I was a, a big fan of Superman the animated Superman the animated series. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I I I always said the, the first podcast I did we all had fun with the the fact that I was really um I had fun with the theme song because like oh, yeah. it, it's like it says his name through it the way yeah. the cadence goes. Yeah. Um, I was introduced somewhat to the old Max Fleischer cartoons. Yeah, those are good. Which I like, like was real fun when the 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 DC universe came out. I was just like. God, I haven't seen these in ages. Yeah, yeah. and they're classy. Yeah, they're little classy cartoons. I yeah. really, really. I There's really no like dialogue, them. but he just does Superman things, and it's right. fun. Yeah. Um, I I've always been a fan. The first comic I ever read as a child, because my father was a comic book collector, was the Death of Superman. Okay. Because he had a long box, and I'd go through it, and it was just like nothing ever really stuck out to me particularly. But uh, then. The but then I pulled logo. this book up, and it's like <laughs> the, the Death of Superman. And I was just like, yeah, the bleeding S and everything, and I was just like. What do you mean the death of Superman? Can't. Yeah, how does this happen? Must read. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so Superman has always been a big part of my, uh, I guess, of my life, you could say. Yeah. Like, I always wanted a Superman shirt like everyone else did. I didn't get it until I was a freaking adult. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything Superman related that came out, I, I gave it some of my attention. And. I was the same as everybody else when the when we had the big superhero cartoon boom. I watched most of them. Right, Superman was a big part of that, especially once they mixed Superman and Batman together. And there's like, sure. So was Man of Steel a uh, premiere night movie for you? Um, I don't believe it was premiere, but like it was first week. Yeah. Uh, because you know, real life and work. That's but that's true. <laughs> no, you're right. But definitely, definitely like a first run. Okay. I was I when I first saw the trailers I was super hyped. Yeah. But like I was super hyped when the trailers for Superman Returns came out. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it they had some really cool trailers. I was just like, 
And the movie was a little flatter than that was, but it happens. Yeah, what can you do, right? <laughs> um, God bless you, Brandon Roth. You tried. I did not see Man of Steel for a while. No? Yeah, because I still had the idea that I thought I knew who Superman was. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I knew he was a necessity. Okay. I knew, I knew that he came with DC. He's not going anywhere. Right. He's one of the, he is the oldest. He is the first superhero. You know, he is the first superhero, like, in, in a lot of ways. And so, I knew that, I knew that he was going to be there. It's like when Hulk Hogan comes back. It's like, okay, I get it. You have, you've done your stuff, so you deserve to be here. When Hogan's died, we will wheel his 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 cadaver out to the ring and play the music. But almost <laughs> any form of media that he's in does depict him. I believe does not only depicts him well, but stays true to the comic uh, depiction of him, and therefore it makes you more interested in him because, like I said again, you assume that you know everything about him. You know, sure. you know he came from another planet. You know he's virtually indestructible, mm-hmm. um, and all this other kind of stuff. But I think that comics and some films have delved into the nooks and crannies of what Superman is. Um, how do you feel about the idea that Clark Kent is the disguise and Superman is the real person? I felt I felt like in Man of Steel more than anything else, they were trying to make that point that Clark Kent was Clark Kent was programming that he should be fighting against because he is born a super powered Kryptonian. Is, is, is this like the the Kill Bill thing? Yeah, well, yeah. This is. I actually had the whole, uh, the whole thing written out. The whole uh, what you call it? The oh, monologue. The, the line. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, whole, the yeah, whole yeah. Uh, monologue that he went on about Superman. But I don't think that that's true. No, the the, the kill Bill, the kill Bill thing's total BS. I but when I heard it the first time, I was like, oh, this makes kind of sense. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. I think it's it's more than that. And I think that, but I think that the Man of Steel film takes from that idea. That's the thing to me about it. The Kill Bill outlook, and I don't think it does, but the Kill Bill outlook is absolutely, to me, a peripheral opinion. Okay. You took something, and you probably heard it from somewhere else, and you were just like, I agree with that. It makes sense to me, even though you don't know much about the character, and like you've probably never actually heard him speak, right. or heard him talk, or hear people talk about him. Right. So you get this peripheral opinion that, as Kill Bill says, it's like, Clark Kent is 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 a Superman critique of the human race because he's he's clumsy and weird and he doesn't know how to talk to women and he, he can barely keep his clothes on. He's just this lumbering like oaf. Yeah. But none of that is true. And the entire crux of it is that Clark Kent and Superman are essentially one and the same. He he's got a bit more confidence as Superman. Yeah. Because a lot of us have com- have more confidence when we in our own skin, uh, yeah, kinda. and and also when we're able to portray a, a level of strength that we can't do in real life. I, I see that it's the Spider Man under the mask situation. Yeah. Yes, um, but other than that, they're very much the same person in that they both have the same level of respect and adoration for humanity. Yes, I agree to that. Now. I think that one of the one of Man of Steel's fundamental issues mm-hmm. is that we don't have that respect for humanity. You don't think in so? This film. It, 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 it's just my opinion. Okay. Um. Uh. But I want to talk about all that, and I want to, you know, I, the floor is open. This is this is a discussion. No, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Uh. So, I, I have written down here: Can humanity be taught? Do you have to be born on this planet to be a human? Because we we're the only ones that, like, we're. To our knowledge, we are the most intelligent race. Sure. 
currently, right? <laughs> With lack of proof. It's really the Dolphins. It would, yeah, it would be the Dolphins. So uh, long, they're not man. Go- Thanks for all the fish. They're not going through, like, uh, you know, the stuff that we're going I I don't think they elected a, like, a reality show uh, Dolphin as president. So. No, but when the bad things happen, they're going to up and leave, and they'll be the first <laughs> <one to laughs> I mean, When they start walking upright, that's when we need to be worried. Oh, oh yeah. These Dolphins are With coming. lasers. Yes, they're, these Dolphins are coming. But um, I, I was questioning that because it's the idea of humanity, and I do think that Superman has to have a, a, a love affair with humanity um, being on the earth as long as, as he is. So I looked up humanity. Humanity has two definitions. The actual human race, right? Sure. Humanity. Yeah. Uh, human beings collectively. Um, mankind, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, synonyms for humanity are like compassion, brotherly love, sympathy, things that I would say Superman has, right? Like tolerance Absolutely. and kindness and consideration. That's what I would say regular Superman has. I don't feel that from Henry Cavill for some reason. I feel like um, that a lot of what the positive aspects of, about what we call humanity are passed down and taught to us by those around us, especially our parents. And I feel that Superman is such a great person because... You're smiling because you know where you're going and I know where you're going. Because I feel I feel that Superman is such a great person because of the two small town farmers that showed him the best of humanity while never disputing that they're... That, evil and worse things exist Mm -hmm. and without that upbringing he has to come up to these decisions on his own and i don't think i think we get a clumsier superman because of that there's a part where fiora is fighting him and he's like you're you're unsure of yourself i don't feel like that uncertainty would be there if it was instilled in him at a younger age that humanity is is something precious or the single life is something precious there's a they they do the whole big fight with zod right Mm mm-hmm and um, without getting into too many details, a lot of people were like, you know, oh, um, there's too much damage. And then what, what's also said is the Avengers thing of like, well, if he didn't do this too much damage, the entire world would be terraformed and stuff. And I get that. I get like terrified. You, yeah, uh, I I get that. Um, or terraformed. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I get I get the save kill thousands to save billions <laughs> aspect of it. But I feel like that takes away from Superman. I feel like that's a Batman. That's a Batman logic for what he does, right? Like, yeah, yeah, this kid that I'm carrying around with me is gonna be scarred for life, but Gotham will be safe, sure. so it doesn't matter. And I, it, when Superman stops worrying about the individual, and it's all about just the greater good, I feel like you, that's a mischaracterization. I disagree that he he doesn't worry about the individual because when you when you get to the Smallville scene, he tells everyone to get inside. He's telling everyone to like. Get out of the way and move. This is going to be bad. Yeah. Like, he's trying he's trying to help those people. And he's compelling those people to get out of the way because this is going to be bad. Yeah. You but know? I feel like a regular, real Superman would have made sure everybody was out of the way. Or took it somewhere where they wouldn't. he wouldn't have to worry about, hey, can you guys go inside? Because these aliens are about to really throw down There's out two here. of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's not, and he's not acclimated to his powers. No. Or his thing. This, this is Superman Begins. And it's also <laughs> it's also Superman Arrested Development. I feel like he has I feel like he has a, his his development as as a as a man, as a human, is stunted because of the fear, the pure, unadulterated fear that Pi Kent has instilled in this poor young just wanted to be good uh alien boy. I have I have an issue with the characterization of the Kents. I, I don't know if that's ever been expressed on this podcast. I'm pretty sure it has because I we, believe we, we it. We briefly touched on it when I went at the Superman Action 1000 episode. Yeah, I I, I, I think we said we we're going to do a Man of Steel 
episode. We'll we have a conversation to, one day, yes. Yeah, we decided to branch it out bigger to just the idea of Superman, because Superman also, um, this Superman and his characterization also extends to Batman versus Superman and extends to Justice League. Sure. Um, and so, I think with the with the podcast thing, first of all, you know, we 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 delved into a lot of research material for this kind of stuff. We read, yes, we listened to podcasts from the creators. We listened to people reviewing the film, good and bad. We uh, looked at all sorts of angles. Um, Superman's history. You've read some Superman comics. Yes. Um, that touch on this kind of thing. But one of the things that stood out to me is the fact that David S. Goyer, the mm-hmm. screenwriter, I believe, for Man of Steel. Yes. He thinks that the names Ma and Pa Kent are an- an- anachronistic and old fashioned. Be- uh, like it's, mom it's, it's, and pop, like it, it's also sort of like it, it has this southern ring to it. Where it's just like ma and pa. But if you live in the south or sure. the southern, like so, when you start, I feel like when it, you start it, it unscrewing a, those things, it, it is a it, it is a uh, how do you say a name that's sort of like or rather it, a title that sort of circles itself into a very particular thing instead of just like their names are Jonathan and Martha. Yeah. Granted. The Martha thing becomes a crux. They will stand on till the end of time. Maybe in the next that's film. Maybe that's why they didn't kept calling her Martha. <laughs> or they they you know try to keep that Martha thing afloat instead of Ma and Pa. But Ma and Pa to me screams that small townness, and I get the idea of perspective. If you've never seen a small town, sure, it's alien to you. It's as alien as a Kryptonian to you. It right. does, and in some ways, it doesn't exist. Those small town values don't exist anymore. If you've lived your whole entire life in San Francisco, why would you why would you think that it would? Sure. The same way that if you lived your entire life in, let's say, Idaho, you'd be like, New York City can't be what it looks like in TV until you actually come over here and you're like, this place is kind of what right. it is, you know? Um, and I so I think you hand that that's the first handicap. It's like we're not doing, you know, this ain't your grandmother, Superman. We're not gonna call him Mom and Pa. They're Jonathan and Martha Kent, and he's going to refer to them as mother and father. You understand? Like I just I feel like that takes away a little bit of the heart rivet because it is a silly name, the same way Swell and uh, <laughs> you know, Golly G. Willikers are silly things, but they speak to that character, they root that character in a certain time and with certain values. Well, so so that's sort of the thing about having to not only just reimagine a character but modernize one. You sort of have to root it into a different time and into different, you know, uh, how do you say, experiences or outlooks. There's a reason that, you know, every time we, we do something on the Punisher, we have to change the war he was in. Yeah, keep him keep him afloat. You know, uh, 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 Tony Stark is in, Af- like, in the Middle East instead of in Vietnam. Uh, I agree. You know, the only thing we don't change is the war that Captain Rogers is in because... You know, he has to travel through time anyway. He doesn't really have to modernize himself as far as the past goes. Right. Um, what do you think what do you think was the deciding factor to saying that Superman needs a, needed a reinvention? Um uh, like is that not in the same line of saying we need to reinvent Johnny Appleseed, we need to reinvent Robin Hood, we need to reinvent Dracula? Like Well, we've we've been trying to reinvent Robin Hood for years and, now. And Dracula, and neither one of those worked because we said that we needed we needed it to look more like it exists in the real world, and people go to these films and read these books for fan the Well, we reinvented Dracula to make him sexy. We did yeah, do that. That's also true. And that got and that pulled off. You know. Um <clears throat> we've been trying to reinvent Robin Hood for some time now, starring also Kevin Costner and then getting Russell Crowe. Yes. And now, you know, Terry and now Edgerton. both of them are, now both of them are fucking, uh, the, the worst parents. Both Robin Hoods are, are now the, the parents of Superman. And the worst parents ever. But, yeah, you got this idea that you want to re- you got this idea that you want to reinvent Superman and I understand that's not easy because the character's been around at least when the movie came out it was around 75 years. 
or something like that because I think it's 80 years now. Sure. I, 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 before you get started, I will ask you this then. Are, are we tired of portrayals of IRL or, quote, in real life superheroes? I think that there's tears. Mm-hmm. I think the more the more outlandish the overall story is, mm. the harder it is to nail that in real life. And I do. I know this is gonna sound crazy, and this is actually a, a quote, a semi quote from Suicide Squad. Mm. But some of these characters are in real life just ideals and concepts yes. in large. Captain America, we never go to how he pays his bills or what, like, in real life stuff, right? Like, right. how he pays his bills, what does he eat? you never seen a man at a restaurant, does he wear regular clothes? When he's when he is wearing regular clothes, he seems to be hiding all the time with the hat and the glasses and stuff. Like, oh, the, 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 the Marvel disguise. Team Cap, yeah, the yeah. Team Cap disguise. We don't see in real life Cap, but we get a glimpse of realism that lends to the fantastical nature of a guy being able to be frozen for 75 years. Sure. Um, you want to go real life? Do a daredevil. You understand? Or do Suicide Squad could be as realistic as you want it to be. Harley Quinn is a regular person with a bat or a mallet, depending on what you. Uh, sure. Maybe that's the most uh, unrealistic thing that huge ass mallet is. She's able to carry. It, it like is. 90 yes. Pounds. That's yeah. <laughs> but I, when I say that, it, it is. Do we go back to what is fantastical portrayals of superheroes in film, or do we, you know, are, are we still good with this? Like, no, we're going to take this fantastical and idealistic character and put him in a real life situation because that becomes the, the the existential difference between a movie like superman which is not at all like uh separating itself from the comic bookiness of what it's portraying okay and a movie like man of steel which is very much talking about how would the real world react to this situation I, so where I, I, I agree. So where Pa Kent in Superman is very much just like, like, look, yes, you have these powers, you know, and one day you're going to use them for something, and they're not meant for freaking football, you stupid idiot. Right, right, right. And, or, or like trying to beat people back home. When you, right. <laughs> you you know, people back home. And impressing broads. Yeah. And you have the Man of Steel version where it's just like, you need to keep your powers a secret. Because the white coats are going to come for you. It's E.T., yeah. The, the men in black will show up here. <laughs> right, right, right. Quick, that fast, be, in a hurry. That would be a cool crossover. Right? <laughs> you know? Here you're harboring an alien. Will Smith and Kevin Collins just come little, knocking on the door. Look into this little uh, red light, please. You know, um, and yeah, you have to combat the fact that, yeah, a guy like Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner's portrayal of Jonathan Kent would be like, no, if people find out about this, it's going to become a madhouse. Yeah. And they're going to take you away from us and they're going to stick you in it. It's going to be the flashpoint thing. They're going to stick you in a bottle somewhere and they're going to use you to experiment on and keep you away from everyone. I think I, I think I wouldn't have minded the harsh realities of the real world if they didn't, if they didn't in turn mutate Cal. Like if the world, let's say Smallville was just the, the idealistic town. Sure. And, the and there's an and idea, the world... and there's an idea, by the way, that Smallville knows and keeps the secret. Right, right. Because so, it's, it's their small town secret, and Cal and and like Clark is like they all love Clark for the most part. He's a good born boy. Raised, yeah. He's one of them, and they're like they're not going to expose him. There's a reason why the like they rolled the dice. We had 50 states in. Oh, we probably didn't have. We had like 48, maybe even 39. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, 
there's a reason why the man lands in Kansas. Yeah. He could have landed anywhere. He could have landed in a beach. He could have landed in, you know, on his own island. and been One time big... he landed in Russia. And we saw what happened there. <laughs> and it's to say this idea of nurture versus nature versus nurture. Yes. Right? This idea of um, does Superman become Superman because he is born to be Superman? Or does Superman become Superman because he is raised with good values and applies that to the gifts that he already has? Which I always thought it was the latter. I feel like Man of Steel is telling me it's the former. It's he is Superman because he is born Superman and he is born with this glorious purpose slash glorious burden that I feel like they place on the shoulders of this man. So when you get to uh, BVS, he's like frowning when he's saving people. He's like, oh, again, a fire again, a rocket again. <sighs> uh, meanwhile, they and they're intercutting that with like, we don't even need a Man of Steel. Why does why is it even Man of Steel here? And I'm like, damn, like I get. I get that this world is, is jacked up. I get it. I get it. I get that this world has done some ridiculous things, but I feel like... And in Batman v Superman, these are probably the questions that people would ask if there was a Superman. You know? I think I think that some people would ask that, but we need the other half. Where's the other half of the world? The, the entire world can't say... Um, there's an instance where Pete Ross is saved in Man of Steel, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the mother... They, um, they made a scene, John Kent made a scene to his 13-year-old son, and he has the worst conversations with this kid, by the way. I will get into that in a second. He does not. He does. He does. I'll get into that in a second. But he has a conversation with uh, he said, where he says, like, Pete's mom saw what you did, and she's scared. She didn't say she was scared. She said it was an act of God. She honestly believed that something more divine was here, and he turned that into fear. He walked up to his 13-year-old son, said those kids probably should have died because because the one he says kid that maybe. he saved prob- maybe, he should, a- maybe he asked, should have died. Is there he, a difference between maybe and probably? Cl- Clark he, asks if he should have just let him die, and he reluctantly says maybe because I mean, he doesn't have the answer. He doesn't. Because he but, knows saying that. He's, he can't say yes because he knows what that means, but he also knows that saying no means go willy-nilly with your powers if you don't want that. I, I also believe that um, I, I I think that that's actually realistic as hell. Yes. The fact that parents will be put in positions with their children where they will not know the answer. Mm-hmm. I don't think you then tell your kid you don't know the answer. I think that you have a moral responsibility to no matter what outlandish situation your kid comes with, where he's like, we, me and my friend adopted an alligator and then we didn't know how to feed it so we killed it. What do I do? Like, you, I get that in your head. You're like... I don't know, but you have a moral obligation to lead this kid on the right path. You don't get to say things like, you could be bad or you could be good. It's up to you. Like, in what world does a parent say that to somebody? That, that, that doesn't get said. There's a point in this film where I feel like John starts treating Cal like he is an alien. Like he is. Like, But isn't that also the moment he reveals it? Yeah, but he reveals the whole thing. But, the but, pod and everything. But what? when does that kid stop being the one that you changed the one that you bought pencils for for his first day of school, the one you got his first haircut with. When does that kid not become the one that you put the arm around when you're having this discussion with him? The the hug in this film comes when he the kid basically cries out and says, can't I just keep pretending to be your son? Because at that point, he's like, why are you putting all of this on me? You, the, the burden, there's, and it's a weird thing because they both fucking do this thing. They, I, I call it the burden of destiny because... Mm-hmm. Jorah explains that the, the symbol of the House of L means hope, right? Yes. But I feel like he incorrectly then thinks that Superman should stand above mankind and be that hope. And I think that Cal much rather stand amongst mankind 
and be that hope. He wants to be human. He wants to be with us. He doesn't want to be in front of the line going, I know the way because I think in realistic fashion, he doesn't know the way. He doesn't know what society should do next. He just knows what values were given to him, which are the goodness, tolerance. Those things should should be there. But I don't think in any other depiction but this one does he stand in front of everybody, turn to us and say, this is what you're supposed to be. I think humility is a big part of Superman and his characterization. This idea that, no, ma'am, it's it's okay. You understand? Like this idea, like, I know I could kill all of you, <laughs> but that's not... That's not what I'm here for. I am one of you. I want to. I want to. I want to be human. I love humanity. I want to be human, and so I'm going to try to be the best that humanity can offer. Not to teach you a lesson. Not to wag my finger in your face and go, "This is what you guys should be doing." But to say that if he can do that, if he can honestly believe that, if he can practice restraint, because we all get angry, we all want to hate the world and hate people and and act malice towards towards those who've uh, acted malice towards us. I feel like he is better than us because he shows restraint. So when you get to a point where someone does something bad to him in Man of Steel and he has to get them back, I'm like, I, 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 I bump against the wall there. I, bu- I bump against the idea that Superman would be petty. Now, in a real life, maybe situation you would, but I feel like you're mangling a 75-year-old character to fit your, well, this is the real world. Well, this is the real world. Well, this is the real world. Where I much rather see how the real world acts, not when an alien shows up, but when somebody says, you can all be a little bit better if you just had faith that we could be a little bit better. And okay. I would love I would love to have seen society rub against that. Some of them go, he's right. And some of them go, well, he's an alien. What would he know? But we don't get any of that. We get, well, that's is he a god? Or is he is he a <laughs> god to kill us all? Or is he is he um, not a god? And we get to a point where we have another well-known hero dragging him across the floor going, you're not a god. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not the question whether or not he's a god or not. And I guess, like you said, in the real world, people have deities. Deities have existed in, um, I was going to say fiction. That's dangerous to say. Yes. <laughs> deities have existed <laughs> in religion for quite some time. But I don't think that uh, Superman necess- ne- necessarily wants to be viewed as a deity that stands above everybody. So, okay, so I'll, I'll attack that on a few fronts since we, we okay. got off on a lot of points there. Yes. One, wouldn't, wouldn't you argue that Jor-El is essentially the same in both of them, though? I would, I would say there's a point in which um, they almost have the same dialogue uh, exchange. Sure. Him, him and um, Lara, where they, she's like, they'll fear well, him. him and, well, and, he's yes. like, and he's like, no, he'll be over them. And she's like, well, he'll be alone. He'll be uh, never alone. <laughs> Whatever. They, they do that. But what's weird is that I feel like there was an over. I feel like they overcomplicated the origin. He was supposed to just be a refugee. He wasn't supposed to be the refugee that saved us. Sure. And for some weird reason, they've twisted it to like he's both Moses and Jesus, and he, he's supposed to come through and be our savior. And that was weird for me because I was like, I don't remember that characterization. Like, I I, I get and, I get it from both films because like okay, you got Russell Crowe Jor-El, who's very much just like. We want, he says he, we wanted you to learn what it meant to be human first so that when it came time, you could be the bridge between two peoples. Mm-hmm. And then he chooses Earth and kills Krypton. Ch- sure. There's, there's that bridge. Listen, take but your con- time. <laughs> take your time. Continue. Take your time. <laughs> but that, 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 yeah. that's the point he makes to him and the point that, like, you know, with this tremendous power, he could be um, a, an ideal that they could strive towards. Yes. I like that. But the exact same line is said by Brando. 
mm-hmm. in the sense that he is also their um their big shining light when he when he tells them like like they are great people Kalel they wish to be yeah they only lack the light to show the way and you are that light. I guess we can attribute that to the, just the pompous nature of Kryptonians that they think that they <laughs> because they, they they show this hubris countless times like it's one of the mo- it's actually one of the most time honored <laughs> characterizations of the Kryptonians is that they think that they know everything yeah. to the point that their own planet blows and they're up steeped, and they had no and idea. they're very deeply steeped in their religious religious prospects so like the, the concept of this science is like and and heresy it, and even if you heresy if if you think if I remember that and if uh, you think about it even harder like. Uh, especially in Man of Steel, there's this uh, part of uh, exposition where Jor-El talks about how they've colonized other planets, how they sent like probes and yeah, the, and... the space explorations. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's shorthand for like we were like we tamed the savages. We you know crypt crypt out, and when you get to Earth, you shall do the same. Like maybe that's what what that was. I'm I'm literally just throwing that up into the air. Maybe that was what that was supposed to be expressing. But then bump against that, he just agrees with both. John and Jorel, when they give him these lofty, not even direct messages about what he's supposed to do with his life, sure. and then say the choice is up to you. It's like, um, Greg, you've always been born. You've been born to be an assassin, the deadliest assassin that there will ever be. And you will kill many men and you will live many nights alone, but you will be infamous in your killing. But do whatever you want. <laughs> do it. I mean, do it. Come naturally. It's like, what and and some of this conversation takes place with a thirteen year old kid, which that that bugs just bugs me, bugs the hell out of me. But I feel like um, like you were saying, he says the people of Earth are different from us. It's true, but ultimately, I believe is this that your is Russell a good voice? thing. Yes, <laughs> they won't necessarily make the same mistakes we did, but if you guide them, Cal, if you give them hope, that's what this symbol means. The symbol of the House the of L means hosts. But then he says the best line in the movie that I do not see a characterization of embodied within that hope is the fundamental belief, the potential of every person to be a force for good. And I don't feel like we got that. I don't feel like that we got that at all. And he says, that's where you can bring them. You can save them all. But I feel like even saying you can save them all lacks the humility of the Superman character. Because I think part of the weakness of Superman is that he can't save everybody portrayed when his father has a heart attack in the first film. He's like, Oh shit, I don't know how to be a heart surgeon. I don't know how to, you know, I don't know anything about um cardiovascularity on farm sure. life in, in Kansas and stuff like that. But um he sends Clark to be their savior. But he uh, but he could because you know he could just turn back time. Yeah, he can. And he doesn't do that for anything else. Just for the thing that just happened in that one moment. No, no, no. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't also turn back all the He's like, this would be a lot easier for Krypton, huh? If I just go over there, (laughs) go to that vacuum of space and go like that a couple times, go a couple rotations, Krypton should just pop right up. Um, I feel like in actuality, Clark would rather be seen as a resident of Earth, uh, much rather than stand, and much rather stand among mankind as an equal than hover above them, like I said before. Uh, despite his birthplace, Clark's uh, faults are still very human, mm-hmm. which is why I don't agree with that he's putting on those faults, right. like how uh, they said in Kill Bill, like right. he's trying to that play it, human. Yeah, that it's it's, it's all a pull on act. Yeah, but I I feel like through everything that we see, it's shown that he wishes very hard to belong, and so it gets harder to feel like a normal man when your dad explains uh, that you are the the savior like you are here to be above them don't worry that you're faster because you're meant to be don't worry that you're that you're you are meant to stand alone 
as you are. And I feel like Superman is somebody who embodies the earth. Like he's not alone. We all we we all in most mediums love him. We are together with him. We stand with him. In this medium, he is the one above us all that we should fear or worship. Those are the choices that we have. And it seems like people only choose to do anything nice towards him when they're in mortal danger. Like in Superman, I mean, I was going to say Superman too. Batman versus Superman, which right. is basically Man of Steel 1.5. Yeah. Uh, and where you see, like, that's when you see like the symbol, the S is drawn. But why is the S drawn? So you can find us because we're drowning in, in this hurricane. And sure. why Why are we hugging you? Because you just saved somebody. But in the same but he also, breath... He, 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 he saves the rocket for whatever yeah. reason that was. And in the same breath, and like that you're saving people, we're also telling you that you're trash and that you we don't think we can trust you and all this other kind of stuff, which is just like I feel like there, that's there, a, there's, there's a, a mixed message, but like the 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 the, the loudest voices are negative in Batman v Superman. Yes. Yeah. Um But they also built a statue. Right. <laughs> but it's but it's a statue which, which gets defaced. I'm also yes. assuming that this is a statue of memoriam for the many, many people who have died because of the last act of, of Man of Steel. It's a bit of both. So it's like it's weird. It's like, but that's also, it's not, also that's like this is the Al- man we should fear <laughs> last time that but he that's came. That's also Ozad's <laughs> fault. It is, it is. It is. And I, I will not batter you on that. It is. I just feel like uh they had that whole conversation about the Genesis Chamber that they Laura and Jorel did the um did uh, the most altruistic thing bumping uglies as they chose to. Yeah, right? Uh, Vanessa from Daredevil. But they did, they were humanitarians by choosing to screw naturally (laughs) Uh, because (laughs) they felt like the Genesis Chamber robbed future Kryptonians of the right to choose their own path, right? Yes, um, because they're all programmed and given a purpose. And so we get this idea that choice and chance are really what makes life what it is, right? And so that choice doesn't seem to be between good and bad in general. It's just a choice of what you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like it's oversimplified to good and bad in Man of Steel. It's like, you have a choice. Ma- I think at one point, Jorel said, uh, not Jorel, uh, Pa Kent says, like, you got to p- pick what kind of man you want to be in this world, good or bad, and whoever he is, he's going to change the world. Bye. And then he just walked away, and the 13-year-old Clark Kent's like, what does that mean? Well, he never says good or bad, but, like, the choices you make in this life are going to be ones that change the world. And yes, that that is a heavy burden for a thirteen-year-old child to bear. But like, that's also the whole, the sort of thing where, before he becomes Superman, he is emboldened with those decisions to help people. Mm-hmm. He helps the kid that was just bullying him a few seconds ago, which a lot of people would have just been like, "Screw that guy." And I and I like that. Right <laughs> now, check this out. He saves that kid. Right in a better in a better Superman characterization. After that happens, Pocan comes out and says, "What did I tell you about that?" And then well, he uh, he says, "Should I have let them die?" And he goes, "Gosh, no." But I mean, it's not it's not as cut and dry as that, you know. And then says, "And I heard you saved Pete Ross. Isn't that he? Isn't that the kid that used to bully you?" Well, you know, I didn't want anything bad to happen to him. And then you go, "Huh? That kid? You you get left with a warm feeling." The conversation, um, I felt like. After he says that you probably shouldn't let them die, whatever, he does the whole thing again of like, he he literally says to his 13-year-old son, didn't you see how Pete's mom reacted? Uh-huh. But why? Because people are scared, son. And you don't do that to your son. You comfort him. And I don't understand, it. like I said, maybe the disconnect was written to be once Clark started acting like an alien, his 
father, his adopted father started treating him like an alien. And if that's the case, I would have really liked and understood that. And maybe Ma Kent somewhere in the film could have been like, I don't know, once you started acting like that, John just kind of kept the distance because he felt like they, one day you were just going to get away from us or some something like that. But there was, they have the bully scene, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're fighting, where they're fighting in front of his father, basically, and they don't realize his father's there, and they turn around, they're like, "Oh snap, there's right. John Kent." Um, but when all that's done, he and goes. Clark is like destroying the the metal railing behind him. Yeah. Uh, so John Kent goes, "Did they hurt you?" And he goes, "You know they can't." And then John Kent goes, "That's not what I meant. I meant, are you alright?" And then John Kent goes, "I wanted to hit that kid. I wanted to hit him so bad." Pause. What do you say as a father after that? You, I know you did, but that's not the right thing to do. What does John Kent say as a father like that? I know you did. I mean, part of me even wanted you to do. That, no. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You, come on, John. You, you can be better. This is a child. He, but, but what does he say after that? But then what? Would it make you feel better? Uh, you just have to decide what kind of man you want to grow up to be, Clark. Because whoever that man is, good character or bad, he lays it. That's the simplification. You are going to be good or bad in this world, 13-year-old kid. Make that choice because he's going to change the world. Again, humongous, humongous, humongous burden. And I'm just like, why are you doing – and this is – they do that um, when he sees the ship, when they do the whole, like, we're going to reveal that you're an alien kid because you – I think – what did he say? He says, where did I come from or something like that? And they open up that big-ass barn. Uh, I, I, I believe it's, you know, he decides to, like – really just expound to him just that like you are you know this uh this is where we found you this is like kind of what your history is yes 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 oh and i showed this thing to a metallurgist metallurgist I'm saying yeah he's like, he, like it's not from here and then i killed him no <laughs> so you did not kill him so he's just walking around knowing that you carry around alien tech anyway i feel like that um the gold they trying to say the goal being that life is best lived by your own choices, good, bad, right or wrong, and the chances that you take to see those choices to fruition. But he, they both rob their son of that choice by telling him that he was destined for something. He doesn't have a choice. You, you are going to be... They're saying, they start off with, you can do whatever you want while you follow your destiny to be the savior of mankind. And I, don't I, think it's a, I don't think it's your destiny to be the savior of mankind, but the idea that, like... Yeah, this is going to be a massive world-changing event the moment you do, like, come out of that closet as who you are. Yeah. And the world just finds out, like, like oh, there is other, you know, there is other intelligent life out there, and one of them has been among us. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, essentially, like, and you could argue that to some degree, if he doesn't make that discovery, technically Zod doesn't happen because beacons and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... But Zod has to happen, too. Zod has to happen. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Yeah. But either way, it's it's a, it's a moment for him where I just... I like the idea that he is self-actualized to a degree. Yeah. These things are... are, um... bold and deep within him he has to deal with living among two worlds mm-hmm. you know he eventually dons this identity and fully accepts it but he also has to he also understands that yeah the world probably isn't ready for me but i can still help people and he does yeah 
He helps the people at the freighter. He he stands up for that woman at the bar and completely wrecks that dude's truck. How he does it so quietly is amazing. But would you say that (laughs) in saving people, he is in direct violation of his father's wishes? Not necessarily. Because his father's all like, you should have let him die. And you should let me die. So, like... I, I, at every turn where he's saving people, but he's not he ex- advised against it by the by the person that he loves, trusts, and be- and honestly believes. Like your your parents, when they give you advice, even though you don't know where that advice came from, you're assuming it came from some place of experience, and so you take that with you. Once his father dies, then he's saving people all willy nilly because there's no one to be like, we saw you at the freighter, we saw you at the, you know, we saw you uh, here, we saw you that we saw you at the bar with those with that truck and all that kind of stuff. There's a scene where Lois Lane has pictures of him saving people. All willy nilly. That that fear of exposure is still out there. Does she have pictures, or does she just have a picture of him? She has like a picture of him, like doing one of these, like like when the Bigfoot gets caught, and he's like, "Oh shit, they found me." <laughs> she has a picture of I think the freighter stuff, but the freighter people that, seen him. And that yeah, he's a ghost story. There's a point. There's a part where um the uh the uh oil rig they ask the oil rig people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he was here," and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, what when you think people would embrace that, Lois. Showing the pure pessimism that they have in this world, mm-hmm. she just wants to out him. There's a part where she. Well, she's a him, journalist. That's her job. But it's like it's like <laughs> mysterious person. This leaving. could be the biggest story in the world for her. That is Lois's prize right there. It's like mysterious person leaves million dollars in front of orphanage. Like, do you do you hunt that man down and expose him? Despite what he wants, like that—that's if he if he achieves superhuman feats, yes. That is not my. That, that is, is not the expose of the year. That, that is your Pulitzer. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be Superman. That, that, that is your. That is your like thirty percent raise at the at the this planet. Woman, this <laughs> woman is a vulture. She is. She <laughs> she goes to get this. She goes to get this story printed. And when Perry's like, no, I don't care how much proof you have of alien life, we will never print anything about aliens. Fast forward to BVS. Love affair with Man in the Sky ended. Question mark. But anyway, uh, so what did she do? She could have left it at that, but she goes to leak it to some TMZ esque uh, website. And when asked why, why, she says, "I need him to know that I know." That's pompous as hell. That's pompous as hell. And I, I feel like that's that's, that's journalism. Just, I feel like that's just this world in that pessimistic lens. I agree that people like that exist, but are all people people like that? That that's my argument. Why don't we ever see the people that are not like that? Why don't we ever see the people who would I there is corruption and there is greed and there is selfishness and there is malice in this world. But where are the people who were was were we all doomed sinners before Superman showed up and told showed us the way? Because damn, that's a bleak ass compared. Uh, but she uh, also uh, to, but she also immediately drops it once she hears his story. Yeah, but after she follows him to a spaceship, and you know what I'm saying? No, like, no, 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 no. That's, that's that before? when she. No, that's when she. That's when he finds her at the gravesite. Oh yeah, yeah. After he tells, after he's like, "By the way, <laughs> uh, I tried to save my father, and he died. So don't." My ruin father. His... My father believed that if I, that the world found out about me, it you know they'd reject me. Terrible. This is madness. Like, could you? And once of... she hears that, she's like, "Okay, fine." I'll drop the story. Yeah. And even after Perry White weems her out, Perry pretty much agrees with her. Yes, he does. It's like, yeah, th- yeah. Can you imagine? But he also didn't want her to write the story in the beginning with. So had he just listened the first time, everything would have been because, fine. Because, yeah, he thinks she elucidated it in, a, in a, you know, a fit of freaking trauma. Yeah, it happens. Trauma, trauma, trauma is some crazy things. We'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> but, um, I feel like, I feel like, 
Kyle L. I don't expect Kyle L. I don't expect Superman. I don't expect Clark Kent to embody what he thinks the bridge is, especially when you consider the other half of that bridge is exploded. Sure. Right. <laughs> Fine. Maybe maybe they meant like the bridge to the entirety of Are You Alone in the Universe, which is something that John Kent says later on. He is the answer. The answer to that, right? Um, but I don't think he should or could or does or knows how to embody that bridge. I don't think that is an innate knowledge in his in his. Do you not find him learning that compelling? I find more him learning to be the best of what he thinks we are more compelling. Because ultimately, that bridge is going to bring us Brainiac. We don't want to be in a bridge with Brainiac. (laughs) We don't want to be in a bridge with, um, you know, the the Red Lantern Corps. Like, there's a lot of just as bad blokes out there in space. Like, he's not the the, um, ambassador of Earth. Like, going around there, you know. They, they, sure. We have a bunch of those. There's a lantern here somewhere. You know, we find out later on. There's a lantern on this earth somehow. But I feel like um, he should just be what I, what he thinks or what he has shown to him what a good human is. And he could embody the hope and compassion and sympathy, but he only feels and embodies the fear that was reiterated to him because John kept telling him that people were going to be scared of you. So you should act, constantly act as if everyone is scared of you. You don't. And when people are scared of you, you have two choices. Right. If I walk into a mall and I have my don't mess with me, I have my headphones on face. Right. <laughs> I may I may make people apprehensive that I walk by, especially let's say I'm let's say I'm placing my order at McDonald's and I'm I come in gruff. You can hear the six nine. Not that I would ever play six nine, but you can hear the six nine playing through my headphones. I, I already embody a, a kind of attitude. Right. Sure. So it behooves me when I get to the front of that counter to smile widely, to use. Yes. Please and thank you to right to calm then down the fears or worries or concerns of anyone around me. Clark does none of those things. He sits in the interrogation room, breaks his cuffs, and says, "I can do this whenever I want com- to." But he also completely complies when they know he can destroy these things. But why not continue to comply? Why not? And why go there in your suit? Why go there in the suit that you just found that makes you look as alien? As you think that you are, as people think that you are. Prior to this, he was just saving people in, in shirts and jeans and stuff. And now all of a sudden, he is full Kryptonian. I am Superman. At one point, he says, my planet. And all this kind of stuff. Bro, bro, you've lived up until someone told you and, and, and showed you, you knew nothing about this. He's so, um, this symbol means hope. Yeah, you were just told that 15 minutes ago. There's no way you feel that, right? I disagree. It's like me telling you, oh, did you know that your last name actually means assassin and you're going to kill <laughs> you're going to kill the most people I'm bringing this into fruition you're going to kill the most people ever would you then feel that you have to be I feel I, like he, he I feel like once Jor-El tells him what he is he's all like alright I am that and he doesn't choose to be that whereas I uh, think it validates what he already felt which is the antithesis of what John was telling him right it was what he wanted him to do in which he was living both lives he'd help people but then he'd leave or hide and yeah, not show people. That's why he was he was a ghost story. Yeah. The moment the I'm moment arguing. something like that went down and he was like, Okay, I'm gonna have to expose myself because I wanna help these people, then I'm leaving as quickly as possible. And I, I'm gonna steal some clothes, you know, from Yeah. Every time you say ghost, I keep thinking, I'm arguing the merits of genocide with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Listen, Podcan just needs to Podcan just needs <sighs> He needs to watch like The Sound of Music or maybe Miracle on 34th Street because I feel like he believes that mankind would do horrible things to his son. Is The Sound the of Music the one that has the character who's just like the Nazis are coming? It's gonna happen. Yeah, but they also have time. To, <laughs> they also have time to sing in the hills. 
Greg. All right, and I feel like we never get that. She sings no the song that there's no way to stop it. That's, may as well not worry about it. No one, ha- <laughs> no one has time to sing in this film because everybody's too busy dying and and and, and oh, fretting Jesus. and fretting over stuff. But he uses the fear that he has as a parent to keep Clark at bay. This fear, as you know, leads to inactivity, and fear, in my opinion, shouldn't be what a father puts into his son. Now. I know there are fathers screaming their heads off right now. <laughs> and I want to say this because I, I, I honestly did. And hi, I honestly did think about this. Yeah, hi, Yogi. I honestly thought about this and tried to put my, my you know, put myself in those shoes. And I know that's impossible. Don't have a kid. I, I get it. I get it. But what I could do is look at other parents in history, sure. right? And think if the parents of Jackie Robinson said, <laughs> you understand? If you go and play baseball with those white people, they will call you names. They will hit you. People will try to string you up. We live in a world where you cannot afford to be out there and do things like you're normal because we're not normal. And we are relegated to this class because the world says that that's what the case is. Or anybody anybody who has a child in the closet, do they not fear what the world will do once? Now now it's, it's much more tolerated. It's much more of a widespread um, tolerance for it than God. But... 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, God forbid, you know, hey, son, keep that on the wraps because if people find out, people are going to do terrible things. And there have been hate crimes, you know. But Jackie is also told people are going to do terrible things and you have to take it. Yeah. Because the long game is bigger than, you know, fighting back. Is it not? And is Superman not about the long game? The guy's about to lift a thousand when the world blows up and the sun blows it up next to it. Like Superman is the long game guy. I he is the he, yeah, Tom King. Tom, my obligatory Tom King shout out. I feel like um I feel like Superman the character is incredibly proactive. He is about the long game. And as uh, Green I think Lantern, Jonathan Kent's about the long game because he's trying to keep his son out of the the, the Flashpoint pod. I think Jonathan <laughs> Kent. I think Jonathan Kent is about his own selfish game. I think that he would, I feel like his fear and his worry are something that he imparts on his child, which is unfortunate. And that eventually, when he makes his choice, he abandons that same child to the circumstances that he fears by choosing to not let him face those circumstances in that moment. Because had he saved him in the tornado, we would have been dealing with everything that we're dealing with once Zod shows up, right? Who is this guy? What is? Or maybe not. Maybe to people, he's a ghost. Maybe, he, also- maybe he grabs my pocket and the dog and flies away, and no one, everyone's like, "Oh, did you it's notice not that, that guy?" Fast yet. You understand? But he could have been if he was allowed to express his powers, which he would have been if he wasn't told that he can't because people are coming <laughs> to kill you, son. My, the son that but I love. But you can also tell by that point in his life that he's not ready for that responsibility because he ju- just a few moments before that he blew up at him and said, you're not even my real dad. Well, that responsibility would be seen as sort of a burden, right? You would think <laughs> you would never want to burden your son with an immense responsibility, but that's all that I feel like he does in this film, which is weird because he gives him responsibility while also... Uh, while also telling him he shouldn't act. You have you have Not a responsibility. Yet. But but when do you when Pa Kent says you can act, that's that's and when and then he basically commits suicide by a tornado. So because if you have a choice and you choose death, that's suicide to me. He got hurt. There's a scene, there's a part in that scene where um this car like gets blown up into like fifty feet into the sky and yeah. starts to come down and it reminded me of Amazing Spider Man. 
uh, two, I think it was, with a cop car that's similar, something similar because I think Electro does something with it. Sure. And in the Spider-Man film, the car comes careening upside down, and right before it hits somebody, Spider-Man's there to save it because that's what a hero does. In this film, nope, it crashes right on top of John Kent's car because Clark is just on the other side looking because he's he's obeying his father. And throughout this film, he's just doing what people tell him, not necessarily what he thinks should be done. If he doesn't surrender to Zod, the world will kill him anyway, well, or the world will die. Looks, he's a teenager at that point. Yeah, yeah, he's doing what his father told him to do: take the dog. I mean, uh, he's like twenty. Take you, take uh, Martha. Get over there. He's going Martha. No, Martha. Oh, I'm about to say, I like wow. that. I like that. Martha. No. Listen, listen, listen. I feel like when, uh, um, like I said, I feel like a father should never put that fear into his son. And I feel like uh, when when Pete's mom is scared of what Clark can do, I don't feel like that's realistic to me like if my son was ever at a jungle gym almost cracked his head and some kid ran super fast or was super strong and was able to lift the jungle gym and save him that's it that's the end of the story for me my son was saved by a hero done we don't there's no i'm not trying to let's cut him open and see what he can see what it, like what i get that there and again i get that there's people that would believe that but everyone john not everyone not 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 everyone no but en- enough enough of the people you should be scared well, of well you can't take the chance enough of the people you should be scared of because and as i'm saying there's too many that you can't take the chance and this movie is about choice and chance and i feel like by telling your son you can't take this chance you 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 scare him into an in activity where you see we have that clark that doesn't know whether or not he should do things because for years he's been told that the things that he thought he should do he shouldn't and that that creates this weird Superman character that's unsure of himself. And if Superman is one thing, he's sure of himself. Now, I get flawed, right? We're in a flawed universe. We need more complex characters. I don't think angsty automatically equals complex. And I don't think complex automatically equals smart. And so Mm -hmm. I I also think that we need to tone that down a little bit. Because like I said, I think that Man of Steel is an overcomplification? Is that a word? Yes. Uh, uh, Of the Superman mythos. Because ultimately, it's Superman's choice before anyone else's to do good things. It is. While he's told at various points and raised at various points to believe in this innate goodness, he then acts on it as a personal choice for, for himself. And this movie robs him of that choice, which then makes him an agent of two old man's beliefs of what he should be. And the fact that he never makes that choice organically, and the choice he does make is is Earth at one point. That is a choice he definitively makes is sure. Earth while basking in his Kryptonian history for like a half an hour. So that's an easy choice to make, right? Like, screw that dead planet. I've never even seen that dead planet. I just found out I was from that dead planet. I mean, I got the suit and I got that ship, but screw them if they want to come back. Like, I don't, like, it doesn't matter to me. And I, I get that. But by not making it an honest to God choice, it makes being a superhero a job. And that the only job, like, you know how they say that this is a job for Superman. <laughs> Everything becomes a job for Superman. And it makes, I want to see, now it's funny, I was having this conversation with somebody at work because I was like, Superman saves people out of trees. And he's like, bro, people don't save people out of trees anymore. And I get it. Trust me, I get it. But it made me smile seeing Supergirl do that in the show. At one point she saves somebody out of a tree and An it's, at a, cat. And it's at, yeah, <laughs> and it's at a point where mankind for the most part is not friendly with her they think that she's going to flip out because she had flipped out previously and done some very heinous things but in that time does she in that time does she go maybe screw it 
maybe I just walk the earth and I just I I become a fisherman or I become a bartender. No, she she knows that she believes in good and with the power to do good, she will do good. Well, Where she does. That she does at one point attempt to. She she goes mostly the other direction, which is uh potentially more dangerous. Where she attempts to actually drop like the human aspect of her aspect of her life and just yeah. be full time Supergirl, which drives me mad. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, we have a basically full time Superman in this film. He gets a job at the end of this film, but prior to that, well, if Clark you want does... to call it full time, he's been Superman for like three days. He's been quote unquote Superman for three days, but when we see him in the oil rig, he has been saving people. Sure. I'm assuming since John Kent died and has been hopping from job to job. So what's his identity? What's his? What's his? No, he doesn't even have a name at some point. They're like his name and his history have been redacted, and I'm like, so he literally is just Superman. There is no. I wouldn't say it's been redacted, but like yeah, he's been he's been giving fake names and fake identification to people for some time now. He should be Clark Kent working at the Daily Planet, stumbling over his shoelaces and uh, dropping his papers. That's what he does. Um, and he has a storied history in Smallville then, as a regular then, human. Then, now you have to really explore the whole, like, how does he hide his identity? But what, what's, more, what's more suspicious? The alien that, that hung out in Kansas for a bunch of years before deciding to move to the big city or the guy who mysteriously disappeared from Kansas, and we haven't seen him for a couple of years, and he's gone under these different names, and we see him pictured in different photos. I feel like that raises more of an eyebrow than just, well, I'm I'm here to and pushing up your glasses with your finger. I'm here to to write, Mister White. Like I, that that you, it's it's hard to explain away the the um the secret identity. I think Reeves did a good job of like hunkering down and I don't know Lois, <laughs> and then being like, come with me and all that kind of stuff. I I do think that that. I think that that's old hat a little bit, you know, the whole... But with, that's so tied with the mythos, you can't you can't go past that. But Clark Kent should... Clark Kent and Superman should be, like, 50% on the same... No, 100% on the same page, because they're the same person. And I feel like he abandons Clark Kent for a while in this film. He just wants to help people. And he's also... He wants to help people with the burden of what his secret is. Mm-hmm. And that weighs him down in a way that I feel like Superman should be <laughs> almost weightless. I feel like the biggest weakness of Superman, and as explored in other mediums, is that he can't save everybody, and that he believes in humans. There's a scene in um, Spider-Man Two, where that that fits Superman perfectly, and it's the scene of Doc Ock just throwing people outside the train, right? Sure. Because ultimately, if Peter ignores the people being thrown out the train, he can stop Doc Ock right then and there, sure. and no one else dies. But he has to save those individual ones and twos. We don't get that with Zod. We get well, I'm going for the greater good. Screw this building. Screw this gas truck. Screw this gas station. Screw the IHOP. Screw the screw the Home Depot. I don't know. I'm making up things up now. But where is the individual? Where is the where is the the human connection? Okay, so well, this works a few ways. One, we learn uh, Clark has to learn a valuable lesson from one moment where he acts. He acts, and again, you have to look at this as it Superman begins or it's Superman year one, day one, whatever. Where yeah. He's still very much a human, having human reactions and human uh, expressions. Mm-hmm. So when you have the situation where it goes into the small town, the beginning of that whole thing is they threaten his mother and he freaks out. And shows a lack of restraint. And then immediately realizes what he did and it's just like, uh, oh, that was bad. He realizes more when he sees his mom's house and she has to like, flutter away with like it's just things Clark but she puts a face on like 
destroyed. Well, she's my, also terrified. She, aliens just attacked her. Yeah, he he kind of sort of destroyed my house. There's a the, I the, another example of that human disconnect. He comes back from the Fortress of Solitude and is like, "Mom, I found them. I found my parents. I found where I belong." And she shows a dis, like a de- dejected look, and he says nothing to it. And then he says something like, "Oh, what's up?" And she like goes on to a soliloquy about something else. But in that moment, it's you're our son, Clark. Here is where you belong. A better Superman movie would have been like, I'm glad that you found that missing connection to your life, but you always belonged here. But I get why that happens. But it's a few moments later, he says, you know, he, he still calls her his mother. Yeah, but that's because his holographic mother never showed up and t- told him, <laughs> uh, I am Laura, and this is you. Well, be- he says you parents, that, too. You so. I mean, but he never saw He never saw no Laura. He never saw, he never saw that woman. Um, that disconnect starts when he's 13 because you have um you have uh the fact i and this is what really got me i never feel like john the father comforts his son and so any act that could be seen as comforting is later with like a level of like but you have to <laughs> but this is what you have to do and so you he's putting on all this unnecessary uh responsibility on clark's shoulders this whole like don't do anything but one day you'll do everything but not now which is very that's a very confusing message uh and while i feel like all the things that john thinks are surely relatable i question whether or not you express those things to your child and in the matter that he did um when they do the whole ship thing he says like you found i we found you in this you were sure the government we were sure the government was going to show up at our doorstep but no one ever came this was in the chamber with you we took it to the metallurgist at kansas state and he said whatever it was made of didn't even exist on the periodic table. It's another way of saying that you're not from this world, Clark. It's not from this world. Neither are you. You are the answer, son. You are the answer to are we alone in the universe? And I feel like he, there was warmer ways and comforts he could have added to that to say, this is your son. We're not talking about him sugarcoating it for a neighbor sure. or sugarcoating it for like some stranger. You raised this child. Like You got to think of what's going on in his head when he says this. And you can see... Child, um, Clark act like a child because he says I don't want to be the answer to are we alone in the universe and why would he be after all that he's been told how scary must it be for a 13 year old who doesn't understand what's going on around him and John should be comforting his son in that moment but instead he piles more on him I don't blame you son it'd be a huge burden for anyone to bear that should have been it but we get but you're not just anyone 13 year old kid now Clark. But that's also important to teach him because at that point in his life, a child is going to be impulsive. He is. So you, so you, and you have to teach him to not be. So you, to you try your best not to be. And so you have to, you have to give him a north star. You have to give him somewhere to point. So to say, don't be impulsive, but make your own choices is that that doesn't give you a direction. It just says it, he he puts his hands up to not take any responsibility to what Clark does in the future because those were the choices that Clark made and. It doesn't matter anyway because he was destined to be something greater. There's a disconnect he's having with this kid here where he's like, where, like I said, he says, you know, it's a huge burden for anyone to bear, but you're not anyone. We're anyone. You're not anyone. You understand? And so uh, I have to believe that you were sent here for a reason. All the changes that you're going through, one day you're going to think of them as a blessing. One day you're going to think of them as a blessing. What if tomorrow he thinks of them as a blessing? Because he says when you do, when that day comes, you're gonna have to make a choice of whether or not, or whether to stand proud in front of human race or not. Do you not think that he felt like his skills would have been a blessing in that tornado? Would that not have been a moment where he was like, 
I finally know why I have these powers. I can save my father. And so he would make a choice there, but that choice is robbed of him because John Kent says, no, you're, you're meant for great things, and one day you're going to decide to do great things. But as long as I'm alive, <laughs> you won't do those things. And I, I, it frustrates me because when he says that, when he says you're going to have to make a choice whether to stand in front of the human race or not, my heart literally breaks because Clark Kent says, can I just keep pretending to be your son? Like I said earlier. And I feel like this is a child. This is a 13-year-old child. Yes, he's an alien and all this other stuff. But he didn't get that cool USB tutorial on Earth like he did in uh, that first Superman movie where it's like, <laughs> and then Cisco came and the Thong song <laughs> played for, right. for 52 weeks. It was number one. He didn't get any of that. Uh he, it's, a, it's a child axing for sanctuary from his burden, a sanctuary from his destiny, which is a destiny placed on him by the most respected and loved person that he knows. You understand? It's like when you're dealing with a bully at school and you ask if you could stay home instead of facing them again. A true parent, I feel like, would listen to your cries and look deep inside your heart to find out what, what it is that you're really scared of. And then they should comfort you with definitive words of encouragement. You Don't worry. This is not the end. This is not the worst. This is not the... I don't feel like you ever get that from him. You get like a wishy-washy, do what you want kind of thing. And I get that um, Jor-El is the main father that wanted him to choose because that's why you blow up the Genesis chamber and do that Kryptonian hanky-panky. But but, uh, John should know that kids choose their role in life better when they believe that they can be whatever they want, right? That's the whole idea behind telling your kid you can be president is the idea that when they feel like the world is open to them, they can they have more choices and they're more happier to make choices if i tell my kid you're hispanic and you're from brooklyn so there's only two things you're going to be he's going to try to do his best to be the best at those two things because he feels pigeonholed without the choice of being in the front of everybody and helping everybody clark just keeps his hands behind his back and again seems sad to save people because he can't connect with them he's not allowed to after saving them being like you know that sucks, but you'll be you'll be okay. And yeah, your house blew away in that tornado, but you'll be fine. He has to run away. He has to run in the opposite direction. And so, when when he ta- when he axes him that when he says, um, "Can I just keep pretending to be your son?" You have the moment of of a little bit moment of like support and comfort. Mm-hmm. You have you are my son. Again, period. That's it. You are my son. Hug, fade to black. Perfect, but no, because we live in a very pessimistic and cynical universe. So we get, you are my son, but somewhere out there, and he's pushing him away emotionally. Somewhere out there, you have another father. You understand? And another life. And somewhere out there, you have another name, and he sent you for a reason. So Clark, 13-year-old Clark, uh, even if it takes you the rest of your life, you owe yourself to find out what that is, what that life you were given is. But, you, but you're, you'll still be living in my house. And you still will still be having holidays, and we'll still be going to the movies, and we'll you know you're gonna get your first pimple, you're gonna go to your first prom, <laughs> all that stuff. But in the back of your mind, remember that you had a family that sent you here from another planet, a burden that I don't know yet, and you're gonna do something humongous, if but you not until call I call a burden. But not that. Look at his face. Look at Superman's face with that rocket when he's holding that rocket, or when he um when all those uh, Dia de los Muertos people were touching him. He's like. <sighs> I have, I, it's like I got things on Netflix I have to watch right now. He's upset. He's like, should, should, whenever he sees that someone's in trouble, he's like... I think the characterization is probably worse in Batman v Superman than it would be in, and it is in Man of Steel. Okay, I, I agree. I agree. But then I feel like that serves my point to say that because Man of Steel slanted him, 
everything leans. I think, I think I think poor decisions were made in Man of Steel as far as that's concerned. But like of the three scenes you get of all that, like yeah, he doesn't look. I mean, I guess I don't know how happy you want to look when you're fucking when you freaking hold up this heavy heavy rocket. Yeah. The the smile in... does he ever smile? Uh, when can sure. you remember Henry Cavill's Superman mugging it for the camera? I feel like Superman is the type to be like, "Hey guys, when, when I know he... I just saved the plane, but you got fine." When We're he goes good. to make sweet sweet love to Lois Lane in the uh, tub, only that's the only that's, <laughs> the, that's the only connection of humanity he has. And when, he, when he has that like that knowing moment at Man of Steel, where it's just like, "Hi Lois, hi Clark, we know who I am." Yeah, we do. And then there's that. <laughs> you can't forget that moment of. The beautiful kiss between uh, Amy Adams and Henry Cavill, Lois Lane, and and uh, uh, Superman in Man of Steel, as Metropolis burns in the background and corpses are still engulfed in the flames of the fight with Zod. But he has time to you know sneak in a little human kiss, where you know maybe he's trying his own Genesis Chamber experiment. I don't know, but his he is given in the moment of the hurricane, he's given a choice to save everyone. He actually chooses. He that, that he makes a Tornado. choice. He makes a choice, or a tornado. He makes a choice. You remember that, right? He says to his father, I will get everybody. And his father goes, no, go to your mother to the overpass, right? He makes a choice in that moment to stand in front of the human race. Mm -hmm. Dad says, no. Um, And so then it becomes about just save your world. Don't save the world, save your world. Now, we see that echoed in BVS because when it comes to Lois uh, and when he goes to sacrifice himself for Doomsday, She's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's my world. You're my world. And so it's about Lois. It's not about humanity. It's about both. It's not about humanity. This is the same humanity that was charred around him in in the Senate when everything blew up. And what, what did he do? He gave a look of like, there's humans being humans again. I'm probably going to get blamed for this. And then he flies away. Christopher Reeves flies out, stands on the steps, he... and says, guys, something is afoot. There, there is... Okay, wait, 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 wait. I have to ask a question at this Go. point. Do we, and I, I've asked this stuff about, like, uh, anything that has, like, extended or added stuff. Yeah. Do we at, Do we accept the fact that, like, because they released... The extended edition? An extended edition that those scenes are, are not canonized. I, I will give it. I will, it, it, it. It's poor form <laughs> to me. Sure. It's poor form, but I will canonize him. I will canonize Which him. Which means he does walk out of the Senate building and start helping people. Yes. Yeah. That that should, but that should have been the forefront. Why is that? Why is that, that something that you see? So we start getting into issues with studios and, but and cutting. And, but that's what I'm saying. In what world, in the characterization of Superman, do you see that and go, no? We can, we can, we can, that doesn't, we don't need that. That's what I'm saying. There's a fundamental misunderstanding of the character. And it's weird. In the studio, maybe. Yes. Right. Which then, which, that's why you get this whole like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna reinvent Superman. We're gonna, he's not your grandpapa Superman. And I feel like that is the wrong way to go with it. Because in actuality, I think that the, because he's an idea, Hmm. he's more about the virtues. And I will not allow anyone to say the virtues of like tolerance and sure. being good are old-fashioned. I, 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 and I get that the world may not reflect that all the time. But you know when the world definitely won't reflect that? When Superman is not reflecting that. They, we all go down that rabbit hole if we allow to go down that rabbit hole. You shouldn't pull um, Superman down that rabbit hole. And so you, you, Goyer said he wanted to reinvent Superman and stuff, right? Uh, and I think when you think about reinventions in comic books, you don't, you don't, you can't talk further enough without talking about Frank Miller and Dark Knight Returns. Yes, right. 
I feel like the Dark Knight Returns though is a is almost a natural progression of where that character would so go. So Batman? Yes. Okay. And we we're given what, thirty years or twenty some some odd years of inactivity. Uh, I guess but, so. But what, he had, like but in he, his, his mid to late sixties in that. But oh. he also had saved the Earth for probably twenty or, or Gotham. He's very local. Yeah. He might have saved Gotham for another twenty years. So we're given time and and weight and and motivation for his actions and how he acts and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, and so we 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 see we see that Batman is uh displaying traits in The Dark Knight Returns, but they're traits that he ex- he displayed throughout his entire continuity, except probably not to that extreme right um and even in that interpretation clark's conviction is undying right even in that interpretation he is like there's a right and a wrong and you're not doing what's right um you could say that even though like i don't care for the depiction of him as like this right you know government stooge not 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 a fan either but i i would feel the character of superman is the character that wants to protect the earth at all costs so if he feels like he needs to because that's another thing about the whole deity angle Superman only agrees to do what the government says to him because he's trying to tell us that he's not above our laws. Because at any point, he'd be like, President, what? Zink, laser eye vision, dead. You understand? He doesn't have to bow down to any military, any force, but he does it because he's telling us that he's complying. He's a human. I'm, I'm here with you guys. What do we get in uh, Man Steel? Oh, that's the, that probe? You don't tell me what to do. You don't follow me. Don't you ever think that you have control? At one point, he says... You fear me because you think you can't. You have control over me. Where I feel like Reeves would have been like, we should be working at this together, and I, and I feel like that eventually comes out there. But it starts with fear when he. But I also feel like he sees the probe as a as a betrayal because they do start working together, and I, then I, they I, follow him. I feel like they work together out of necessity. It's the same Superman. It, I'm I'm drowning, so I beg for Superman. But then I go home and I write an article on why we don't need a god. But like on, he, like, he, like um uh I forget the the character's name. The act um. The military dude? Yes. The fake Obama? That's why I call him. No, 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 no. <laughs> You know exactly who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no, yeah. Um, uh, Law and Order. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Ding, ding. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Did he die? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whose name escapes me at the moment. Like, like, what helps him through this whole moment was like, he's trying to help them. He's also dealing with the military. And eventually, that guy accepts him. Like, this man is not our enemy. Right. Even though they've been, you know, the whole idea has been to, uh, how do you say, pacify Superman and Zod and all these people. Right. Yeah, because at one right, minutes prior to that, it's shoot anyone, even the guy in blue. Shoot yes. Anyone. Right. You know, so it's like, I get the whole like you're we're we're not an enemy thing. I you need that from a child, an old person. You need that from a regular human because majority of the humans are not military. In military. Right there in that moment, you have to befriend that guy because he's on the same path as you. But in a regular day-to-day life, what reason do people have but if, like, in Snyder's that, that's, that's the whole point of that scene where it's like at first they don't know that and they're just as worried about Superman as they are Zod. Mm-hmm. And so they realize like, like, oh, wait, okay, Superman's trying to help these people and he's trying to stop these guys. Okay, uh, the blue guy is not our enemy. Yeah. Look, and now we're going to work with him to stop the other guys. And a lot of that comes from distrust. And then they betray, and then they betray him by spying on him. But there's a scene, <laughs> there's a scene in that movie where he puts the cuffs on, and she says, "Why did you let them take you?" And he says, "If it'll make them more comfortable, what what is it? To, sure. If I don't resist, what like, does okay, it matter?" Okay, they want to they want to cuff me. Fine, whatever. Is that not the same thing with the probe? No, 
Like if, if it makes them more, what do I have to hide? If it makes them more comfortable, what does it what does it matter? It can't get into the fortress they of solitude. The sh- they, they they made the choice to cuff me. I was just like, if you think this, because they know it's not gonna work, and they made the choice to follow him. They they know the cuffs aren't going to work. I feel like I feel like regular <laughs> Superman just lets it rock. They already see what he can do, and it was just like. Regular Superman. You want to put your cuffs on me? Fine. Regular Superman flies into the sky all the way, like how they did in uh, Green Lantern, where he flew too too yeah. high, and then the whole thing malfunctioned or something. But blowing it up, laying it at your feet, and going, "Don't." That's the same. Like, uh, you see that symbol in the sky? Don't go to it. The bat is dead. <laughs> it's like what, 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 Clark? <laughs> and that's why I think I feel like you you start playing around with the most straight and narrow character and start trying to give him all this nuance of humanity. And you forget that there's also really, really good parts of humanity. There's also really, really altruistic parts well, of that, humanity. Well, at that time, if we're, if we're talking about BVS, he also sees Batman as the bad part of humanity. Because he's like, he's branding people. Yeah, definitely. And the people he's branding are dying in prison because of it. Right. But he also doesn't see Lex Luthor as being a bad part of humanity. He doesn't know him yet. But that, mo- that guy, he's getting <laughs> space rocks. You understand to kill him? He doesn't he do- know that yet. You know, he's building Doomsday in his basement. He's not like basement. aware of Lex Luthor yet. Until, he gotta use like, he kidnaps his mother, and then that becomes a whole thing. He's got to use those superhuman. Uh... Because like Luthor is operating in the shadows and manipulating everyone. Yeah, yeah. You have to use those um, super senses, Clark. And then you would hear the electricity that Doomsday is generating in his birth or whatever. But we're neither here. But he hears a bunch of things. I feel like. Um, I feel like if you want to do the jaded Superman story, which there is a jaded Superman story, and it's actually pretty damn popular. Oh, here we go. It's called Injustice. <laughs> All right? And it's popular because, very similar to Sacred Empire, which is a jaded Captain America story, sort of, kind of, um, if they would have went through it, you know, all the way that they were supposed to. Sure. Reckoning it. Um, I feel like you get the jaded Superman because I feel, again, that he is he becomes cynical. And... As I believe, sin- cynicism is born from trauma. So he gets that cynicism when Lois dies, and when Metropolis is exploded, he feels that no, he never wants to be put in that position again. He never wants to get put in a position where someone could trick him or use people against him, and where he, where he and humanity falters, and it causes the lives, um, it costs the lives of millions of people. So in that trauma that he feels like he never wants to have again, he becomes a totalitarian. But ultimately. It's to serve the same purpose of protecting the earth at all costs. Hmm. He just puts himself on top, um, but because of that trauma. And um, Superman, I mean, sorry, Batman is also a prime example of this cynicism being born from trauma. He has backup plans for his backup plans because he thinks that no matter what happens, something bad is going to happen. And he needs to be that. He needs to be that because he was born from trauma. His parents were killed, and he'll be damned if that ever happens, not only to him, but to anyone ever again. To and the he, point where he sets up a global surveillance system. Yes, yes. You see, you see, and that's what <laughs> Which see, never that's what, works. That's what I'm all about, baby. See, the, the the trauma of killing his parents caused him to never want to live in fear of similar events ever again. And so he cocoons himself in armor, gadgets, and backup plans for backup plans. Things like Brother Eye mm-hmm. in OMAC, things like his contingency plans in Tower of Babel, uh, things like his bat drone army in Kingdom Come. They show that he cannot truly believe in the individual to do good. He has to blanket all of society as something because he can't take the chance. He has to say that all society is corruptible. And that's what allows him to be armored against that society when it does become 
corruptible. Where I feel like Superman is an idealist. He believes that reality around us is crafted by our ability to change our perspective. That the world is good if we all say it's good and all act like it's good, then it will. Like you understand? Like if it, if you act like it, then it will be. If you act like it's not, then it won't be. And I feel like this characterization acts like it's not because he was told it's not. And so if Superman doesn't believe that this world is, I absolutely. Is but medicine. I think Superman does. I think the Superman from the movies does believe it. But he's also struggling with everyone telling him that he either shouldn't or that he should answer to them or that he's wrong for being right. You know, where's uh, his conviction? His conviction should come from his parents. Does it have to? I think that. I think that if you're telling a quote-unquote in-real-life story, that that's where conviction comes from. It comes from your parents. I think your parents teach you what fear is and how to handle fear. I think when you run up to when you run up to them and say, "There's a monster in my closet, mom, dad, that or uncle, whoever you live with, uh, whoever raised you, whoever knows you," they should then comfort you out of that. What if you go, "There's a monster in my closet," and your dad goes, "Well, there's monsters everywhere, son." <laughs> then you go, "Well." What? And you know what? Sometimes the monsters don't stop when you're a kid. There's monsters out there. There's rapists. There's murderers. There's people who will steal. There's people who will call you bad names and treat people different because of their color or their ethnicity or because of their sexuality. Are those not true? Those are true. But do you tell that to your son? No. You tell him. You do tell him when he has the power to crush the steel. But you t- and but- you need to make sure he doesn't use those powers how do you say, either selfishly or without bound. You put the sprinkles of cynicism on an ice cream of idealism, <laughs> though. And I feel like we never got served the ice cream. I feel like he never got the... the. There should be a, like a, why are people like this? Well, they're not all like this, Clark. And we don't get that. And one thing that I thought would, could be a saving grace in um, the characterization, and this would even save Pa Kent, mm-hmm. I think all the things that he expresses to Clark, he should express to Martha. And we should hear Clark hear them have this conversation with his superhero. I think all the random, like, he had to have been born for something greater. Sure. You understand? Um, we can't let him be found this way. I know he just saved that bus of kids, but we can't let him be. Say things that you wouldn't say to your son because you're saying it to the other biggest confidant you have in your life, your, your wife, your partner. The person that's going to help you guide this small being, alien or human regardless, uh, to the right path. You have those conversations in closed doors and hushed tones where you say, I'm worried about the future of our son. You don't tell your son, I'm worried about your future. You understand? Because then he worries about his future and now we have two people who worried about their future and one is going to just not act because of that fear. I um, I think that Pa Kent is a little selfish in that moment because he doesn't know how things are gonna how things are gonna roll out. But he knows for a fact how things are gonna roll out if he just shuts his mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like I get that you're gay, but can you just not be gay? Because then we don't have to worry about. We did that next man. Yeah, we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to worry about you at Thanksgiving because if you're gay at Thanksgiving, I have to answer for stuff. If you're gay at Thanksgiving, people might. Call, treat you bad. Right. And so I don't want to have to deal with that. And I feel like we get that with Superman. It's like, don't be you. We, I know who you are, kind of. I hope you spend the rest of your life finding out. <laughs> but I know who you are. You know who you are. Mom knows who you are. No one else needs to know because if they find out, they're going to treat you like hell. And again, he points to an example. Pete Ross's mom is scared of you because you save people. Don't do that. And I feel like, what are you doing to that child, that poor Poor, it doesn't even become a, a, a case of comic books anymore. You are traumatizing that poor little boy, that poor little Clark Kent. And I would have loved, um, I would have loved for that conversation to happen because, again, I do think it is 
it is a natural inclination to fear for the safety of your child. That's that sure. is that is natural as hell to express those fears directly to your child. I don't know if that's the same. I think like uh, you don't at thirteen you don't go, um, you know, and some girl's gonna take all your money one day and you know <laughs> and cheat on you. Could that happen? Do you fear that? Yeah, you know, or you know you're gonna get really bad into drugs or you have educated conversations where you where you remind them that no matter what they're loved where you remind them that no matter what they're part of this family and that you remind them that in this family we do at least i feel like we have a little bit in this in mind in this family we do the right thing in this family we uh it's not always the easiest thing but we do the right thing and it doesn't matter and this is beautifully put in a much more optimistic movie wonder woman where she says it doesn't matter what people deserve it matters what's right and what's wrong I don't save people because they deserve to be saved. I just save people because it's the right thing to do. And that's Superman's mantra. Why? why but he's always they... saving people because it's the right thing to do. Even if, if even if his father doesn't seem to outwardly express that. But what is that? What kind of conflict does that cause in one's head when your entire life has told you that the right things are the wrong things and the wrong things are the right things? They're not the wrong things. They're just you need to curb it. By not doing them. At all, there's no curving. He doesn't want to save. You don't lift a bus. He doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> want Clark. He doesn't want Clark to save. You don't pe- get seen lifting a bus. But if I'm saying he doesn't want Clark to save some people and not all of them. He wants him to save none of them. Should the kids have drowned? Maybe. Like should, death. Should, We're not should a about natural injury. situation have taken place? Maybe. But I get why that is a difficult thing to answer. But but it's a natural. What is a natural situation when he is naturally on that bus and has a natural ability to save them? He could also know how to swim. He also could know how to swim, but then they <laughs> then they all die, and Pac Kent is, is happy because out of all the he's not parents happy though. in Smallville, he he's has not his. He's happy though. He gets his kid, but everybody else's kid is he's by the way. He's not happy about it though, and that exp- they 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 express the guilt of of Jonathan Kent even in Batman v Superman, where he says he made a he made a split decision and he did a good thing, and people still got hurt for it. Right, which is again something you do not tell your your child. That's not something. Well, that he's you... only dealt that at that point, even though it was also oh, a yeah. ghost dad, and it was. Weird. There's a lot of ghost dads, in there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like that. That again, what a story to tell your kid. Like, and I'm glad we're talking about the full portrayal of, of Superman throughout these because again, you just tell them that, like. But he does seem to keep running into these good people to have like people to believe in yes lois lane yes lois lane does her job as a journalist to track down a story Uh uh-huh when she hears his story she drops it yes because she she, understands where he's i don't think he knows that she dropped it though you know what I'm saying? Like, I he think doesn't he know. He, he doesn't it. know that she's a good person and would drop it. He doesn't. She doesn't but, go. But he only right, had, he I only got had, it. He only had. He had the trust that she would, and then nothing kept happening. Which is a, which is a, which is a trust that he gains organically as a person that was never given to him. Because if his parents were like, "There's just some good people in this world," he'd be like, "And I know you're not going to print that because I trust you." But he doesn't. He says, "My dad died, <laughs> so I would never tell anybody." You really gonna you really gonna do this? You really gonna do this to me right now? He he asked, he asked her, "What do you think people would do if they knew about me?" And her and her pessimistic ass nature is like, but did she and not just, think that just, she decides to drop the story? Did she not think that when she was gonna publish the story? Wasn't that the whole point of the story? What she's thinking about her. Do? She's thinking about what she can gain from it because as a journalist, is that is that not the story of the century? I give you that. Wouldn't you want your name on that? I get I get, I give you that, and I also give you that. I think that he thinks that she is one of the good parts of humanity. Mm-hmm. But I would tremendously struggle to mention a second person. That's not related to him. 
that he sees as a beacon of the hope of humanity. Maybe the soldier. The ca- the soldier that accepts him. But is that not is that not out of necessity at that point? Is that not well we're on we're literally on the same side here. Like, but the fact that they don't believe that at first and then they come to believe it says something. Because they see him Because fighting. they they could have just stayed on the they could have just stayed on their track. But I don't think believe I think true faith is with lack because of Because they, they they view him immediately as the threat. That's what I'm I don't think it's I don't think it's necessity at that point as much as it's like okay we were wrong about this guy, he's we're right about the other ones but not him. I think that's the lack of the human connection. I feel like, I feel like in a in a cheesier Superman film, <laughs> right? In a cheesier Superman film, because there's a scene that that I forgot about that, sure, like it caused like some red lights to to flare up. But there's a scene where um they go Zod wants Lois too, right? Mm-hmm. What does the general say? Back, do you remember? Oh, uh, you said you want the alien, not one of ours, right? Sure, because he because that is what Superman and Clark is. He's not one of theirs, and he fights. He's like, tell him he could screw him. Like, what? Oh, so what should I tell Zod that you don't want to tell him he could screw himself? If besides Lois, okay, what you tell? Besides Lois volunteering, they will not budge, and they will not. Um, they will not, what is it, uh, think to terrorism? They will not, uh... Uh, oh, um, negotiate. Not, we not nego- they will not negotiate with terrorists. But because Clark is an alien and an unknown, because his father made him hide, um, Zod is able to seed this distrust by saying, oh, he's been among you. He's been there. He's been hiding. He's there right now. And we're gonna go get well, him. he's always I, been And at that. one point he says, at one point he says, um, uh, I don't know why he would, like, 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 you know, for reasons unknown, he has chosen to, you know, so it sees it's like, well, Zod doesn't even know. He's one of his members of his race, and there's a secret other member of his race on Earth hiding here, and and, and he's calling him by name, and then the guy shows up in front of the military. Like, that's where all that distrust comes from, from him hiding all the time. And if he didn't hide but all the time... But he always hides. Superman doesn't hide. Clark can't hide <laughs> as Superman. Clark can't hide as Superman. Superman. He's a, like it's always an alien hiding amongst people, as Clark, as a child, but um, as a child <laughs> named Clark. But Superman has never hidden. Superman flies out of a revolving door, and a pimp says, "That's a cool ass outfit." Because he he he's right there with the people. He's, but Superman has not been revealed yet, because his father told him. But not Superman's to not revealed in the, in the other movie until adulthood either. But when he does. When he does, it's a choice that he chooses to make that's not made on him. Aliens don't come down and say, reveal yourself. And that's where, he, that's where we're at at this point. That's why Man of Steel, for me, is a weird characterization of Superman because everyone else moves him. He doesn't move. Jor-El moves him. And then John moves him. And then Zod moves him. And then the military moves him. And by the end of the film, he basically is saying, I don't want to listen to any of you guys. Can you just go away? And... It puts us with a weird Superman because Superman's not that guy. Superman's the guy to go, come in, everyone. I am one of you. Not stay away, everyone. I'm tired of you guys manipulating me. Because in Snyder's world, in Snyder's vision, WB's vision, we would be the world to manipulate Superman. All of us. Not half of us. All of us. All of us would question him. All of us would fear him. All of us would think that he is the, he is the second coming of God or the Antichrist, depending on who you are. All of us would have these doubts towards this man. When all he's done is smile in our face, save our lives, and and do great things, and I feel like that 
that's a very dark and pessimistic look at, at us as humanity. And I think that Superman, for the most part, his tales are of humanity. When we when we read that Superman 1000, my favorite stories in there were from the other people's point of view. Sure. Where they were like, you know, I know Superman does what he can, but so do we. We also have agency. We also can make the world a better place. He cleans up, you know, but we, we're also I think a lot of the better. problem with it is that, like, yeah, it, there is a cynicism, but it's mostly all from other people. Yeah, but I think that it ha- it does you know. leave an impression, though. I think uh, it leaves an impression Superman on, is, on Superman. Superman is, is portrayed in the sequel, out, uh, or rather in, in BVS, as out there doing great things. And uh, Bruce Wayne refers to it as a puff piece. Yes. Or, you know, a, a bevy of puff pieces. Which is fine, because he's the cynic. Sure. This is fine. That's when somebody who's not the cynic is supposed to stand up, but because everyone is the cynic, no, right. one, no one disagrees. Lex Luthor, or Lex Luthor Jr., in his trauma does not believe in the Superman because... Or God. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? This is the world we live in, where people have just been so strong against, um, so traumatized. And I, I, I don't argue that there are not people in this world like that. But I'm saying all it takes is one light, one lit candle to light the other candles. I know that sounds cheesy and cliche, <laughs> but Superman is supposed to be that candle. Is he, in, in is my he eyes. supposed to be cheesy and cliche? It, that... that I and I think that's the question most people are trying to answer at this point. Okay, and I think that's a fair question to answer. I think that's a fair question to answer. I think cliche speaks to things you've heard before and mm-hmm. things you've heard for years. Yes. I think that when you talk about the old virtues, like I talked about again, compassion, tolerance, um, stuff like that, the love for your fellow man, I, I would argue that those things are not cliche. Mm-hmm. And I would also argue that they should... they they. When you say cheesy... You know already who I think of, hmm. because I think that they are better examples of wh- wh- how cheesy, quote unquote, these idealistic heroes sure. become. I think that a man who embodies even uh, even if you want to talk about the Dean Cain version, <laughs> I think that a great portrayal of an idealistic superhero is Captain America in the MCU. Sure, I think Chris Evans's Captain America in the MCU is an idealist, and I think that the truth of the atrocities of America stare him in the face every day. Sure. Every day. But, uh, and Winter Soldier proved that all, not all men are, are, are just or truthful, but he doesn't waver in his beliefs. And those beliefs were taught to him before he but became even, Captain America. And even Civil War proves that Captain America is not always just and truthful. But, he's, but he does believe in doing the right thing, but it's what his right thing is. Right? Because that's all it comes down to. He, sure. He believes that the right thing he in thought Civil not, War. He thought not telling Tony was the right thing. Because he didn't want to hurt him. You know what I'm saying? So that, and it was kind of selfish because was, it was one of those things where he feared what, what would come of it and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff there. But um, he learns those lessons as a child. And then we get, we get Spider-Man is also an idealist, but he's allowed to be an idealist because we think that idealism is childish. Sure. You understand? We think that, oh, so you're not applying the real world atrocities to your ideal of what... Ethi- uh, um, what's that called? I was going to say Ethiopia. Uh, Utopia. Okay. <laughs> Utopia could be, uh, you're not being realistic, you're being childish. So Spider-Man's sure. allowed to be an I- um, idealist because he's a child. He's a teenager and he sh- he doesn't know any better. The world is worse and it is terrible. He doesn't know any better. Um, I feel like Superman should not know better. I feel like Superman should be, like this is the guy that um, in Superman 1 does not lay a finger on Lex Luthor. And Lex Luthor tries to kill him. He tries to drown him with a kryptonite. Cool kryptonite cha- chain. Yeah. I want to get one of those kryptonite chains, rocket kryptonite chain like that. Um, but you to 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 mutilate the character and not make him a, uh, idealistic 
I feel like is crazy. I feel like, um, like I said, the, the Chancellor Superman, he would try to protect the entire world. Tony gets to that level in MCU with Ultron, mm-hmm. right? Is he evil for doing that? In his mind, he didn't feel like he was evil for doing that. He was trying to uh, cocoon the world because of trauma that he experienced in the Avengers. Sure. And so you create these cynics that have backup plans against backup plans. But with those cynics, you need Captain America to be there and go, the world isn't... When the soldier shows the um, the true cynicism of the government when they create helicarriers that can target people based on what their history is. Yeah. That their history would determine their future and that they should be killed well, on site before. Hydra. Hydra thinks they should be killed on site because of it. But S.H.I.E.L.D. at least believes that they should be monitored on site because of it. Sure. They should be, you know, kept in the database and all that stuff, the high high threats and all that kind of stuff. And Captain America says that's not freedom. But, uh, well, but back to the movie. Like, I feel like I've always seen it as like Superman is very much doing his best to be that ideal, and tr- and the story is Superman trying to be that whilst dealing with a world that still is coming to term with it. I dig that, I, and I, I, and, I dig and, that. and maybe or maybe not Justice League or whatever is supposed to be that beacon. Yeah. Because despite the fact that I do think Batman v Superman makes mistakes, um, if Yogi was here, he'd string me up. He's a <laughs> bigger defender of that movie than I am. I think it does great things and does really bad things. Uh, I get it. Um, the idea has to be he shows up, we're iffy about him. Batman v Superman is, we are voicing our issues with it but we're not completely against it. We also built a statue to him and, you know, whatnot. Which is very weird. Sure. Like clashing. You know, he's saving us. You know, we, 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 we got Neil deGrasse Tyson to come in and voice his science opinion about it. And when you get to uh, Justice League, he's more human than all of us. <laughs> the idea at the end of Batman v Superman has to be that we accept him now because of the great sacrifice. That was made because of his existence. Because of Doomsday. Which was created because of his existence. You understand created what I'm saying? by a cynical, freaking, like, little, like, uh, crazy person. Who saw him exist as an alien. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this is where BBS Batman has his crux because he exists. Sure. He threatens his, his and beliefs. And because he lost people. Right. Because and, of the, and the, the cynicism, the, the trauma. Yeah, the cynicism, the trauma. We've always been criminals, Alfred. There's no hope there. There's, it's all dead. Um, and that's the world that they choose to show us. That's the world that they we choose to but, live and, in. And, like, and you made a point. You made a point to like the uh, your issue with, with the 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 direction of Batman v Superman in that it assumed you knew too much because it gave you a forty year old Batman and it's just like like oh you see that Robin costume yeah that means he's dead if, yeah if, if you haven't figured that out like we did a thing and right. we're moving on okay <laughs> yeah you and know. that's it and we're supposed to just assume. Uh, the traumas that he's faced, the atrocities that he's faced, to turn them into the man he is. Turn him into this cynical, angry person that sees an alien in the sky, and 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 that, you know, because of this battle that took place in Metropolis, he is a bad person. And I get that he's not relatable. Oh, that Superman, Batman is more relatable and also because, because he, he had a bad dream. <laughs> Batman does have the, you know, Batman experiences trauma. We experience trauma. Batman cocoons himself and makes himself cool and untouchable, and we wish to do the same. I I, I see that, but I feel like with um, I feel like. The reason why the character of Superman is timeless is because of the idea of good people doing good things. And I feel like that's timeless. I feel like that that is in mythos, 
like uh, Greek myths and all, all, all that kind of stuff there. Wouldn't, but and wouldn't you say in Batman v Superman he is still a good person doing good things? I would say he's a good person doing good things. I wish he enjoyed it more. I wish he enjoyed doing good things and it's not a good thing. It, it'd, be like, it'd be like the person who doesn't want to get fired at the animal shelter. Sure. You're doing good things for good people, animals, but it's because you don't want to lose your job, your paid sure. job. <laughs> you, you'd be out of a job. As opposed to the person who founds the shelter because he knows that animals are in need and, and, and wants to get that. So it's like you the, the, the cheesiness of Superman is encompassed in what? True justice in the American way, right? And it's not the American way so much now, but it is what it is. Uh, but the American way that he fights for, in my idea, is the values that the very American Kents, the small town American Kents, who have this idealistic apple pie, white picket fence idea of what, of what America is, they taught him about what the backbone of this country is supposed to be as idealistic as that sounds. Uh, they paint a picture of what the best of America could be, the, which is the American dream. And what is that dream? That any hardworking person could come here, any refugee, like Superman, is that's his eternal uh, characterization. He's a refugee from somewhere else. But we allow him to be here because the American dream is any hardworking person can come here, be an American, and thrive in society. And that the world changes, and it will always change, but those virtues are supposed to stay the same. That we become better because we can and we could, and because we have the right to, and that Superman believes humanity can be better as well. Uh, he's for the people, and he's of the people. He's among us, loving us for our faults, but congratulating us on every step that we make towards being a better society. And I don't feel that that Man of Steel was that guy. I feel like Man of Steel was the guy that was above us, going, "I'm waiting on any minute for you guys to reach me, reach my level of of godness, of perfectness." And he does not. I feel like, especially, like, even the characterization of Jesus, like, Jesus washes people's feet. Like, he, you have to be at the ground level, Cart. You understand? Like, you have to, you have to be, these one-on-one interactions, like I said, again, is what characterizes this character. And the, the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few for Superman but he is, is at like, the ground level. man. He is at the ground level at the end of the film where he gets it. Where he you're gets mixing it. up ground level and ground zero. Those are two no. different things. Those are no. two, no, those no, are no, two no, different no, no. things, brother. I'm talking about when he when he decides to become a reporter and work amongst the people. At, and and use being a reporter. At so, 33, though. You understand? Like, come on. That's, come on. Like, you got put in that position after everyone's been telling you not to do anything, causing this inact, inactivity, like I said, that John can't enforces on you then you make a decision to join the the daily planet but then you're spending more time in gotham or doing other things they're constantly yelling at him perry because he doesn't know what he wants to do he doesn't know if he should be a superman he goes to his mother in bvs and like and what and what 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 um what straight up you know um what did i say uh with, with john that you have to you have to do a direct you have to tell him a direct answer to what they should do or at least how you feel in your opinion what they should do and what does mom tell him do everything or do nothing. Whatever. Which is the same. You're putting him in the same position he was with his father, which is you're meant for great things. Do whatever you want to do. Which is like, I, I, I don't, there's no see, comfort I, there. There's I, no I, comfort I, But I like the fact there. that it is, it is still definitively his choice. But does she ha- not have an idea of what, what he should do as a parent? As a parent, she just wants him to be happy. It does not care if him being if his happiness is being Superman or being Clark Kent. I feel like <laughs> I feel like thirteen year old Clark's happiness rests in his ability to help people. I think all you rig Clark's happiness rests in his ability to help people. I think that had he been encouraged to do those things as a kid, when reached with that same moral dilemma in BVS, he'll be told, Clark, this is just who you are. 
This is this is innately who you are. I could tell you to choose between saving people and not saving people, but we know what choice you're going to make because sure. But as a parent, when you. you're doing when you're making that decision and people are still railing against you, I could see why you would also say to your child, like, look, if this is making you unhappy, then you don't have to be this person. But I don't. I think it is making him unhappy because he he's not happy doing these things because he. I think he's not happy. Not I think he's not happy being criticized for doing them. But before he was even especially when it comes to the the concept of like Superman is now you know operating in sovereign borders across the you know across the globe. Yeah, I feel like before he was even found out to be Superman though he wasn't really cheery. With that oil rig stuff, he wasn't cheery with the bus stuff. No, he he's does not it. cheery. He doesn't. He hangs his head because he knows that every time he does it, it's a risk for him to come out and a risk for the baddies to get him. The guys yeah. in the white coats, all that stuff. The Certainly. stuff, the boogeyman that John can't put in his closet, Certainly. and that's a, that's traumatic to be like he's John Kent's gone. He's off this earth, and the compulsion to be a good man comes through so often that he finds himself saving innocence time and time again, despite what he was told, and then feeling bad about it is that the superman i want to watch for three hours the guy who doubts whether or not he should do something good as long as in the end he decides to just be that person yes what if in the end he dies huh what if in the end he dies well that's a different movie you understand what i'm talking about that's that's the the franchise i'm being sold this is the universe i'm being given and i feel like you were given you were given a movie that where he does come out and decides i'm just i'm going to be this person i'm going to be this hero and he does is he rusty is he is it difficult sure but fighting a god through a city would be. Yeah, I agree. You I know. just, I just, I really think, I really like the idea that he exists in a world that doesn't necessarily want to embrace him wholeheartedly. Right. My issue with with the characterization is I think that your parents shouldn't be amongst those people. I feel like they should be more proactive. I feel like. In the same, like I brought up before with Jackie Robinson, I feel like Jackie, everyone tells him you shouldn't do it. And even though his parents know that it's dangerous to do it, you push him. You still push him. You still want them to do because innately you know it. That's what makes them happy. Um, even when things get rough because progression is an uphill battle. It's always been an uphill battle. You want people to change. You want people to be better. It starts with one person. And if that one person wavers and goes, well, 99% of the world is bad. I guess I should be bad. <laughs> that that defines the world now. Now we have 100% because you snuffed out that one little bit of light. Um, there's been studies shown that parents that over-worry about their kids and and and, and, and uh, scared about things like they're going to get to the be- in the best school or when they go out on that date, like overprotective parents, what they call helicopter parents, the ones that hover over their children and constantly want to know everything. Yes. Um, they scare their kids into inactivity. They scare their kids and make them inflexible because they don't know what's right and wrong. They just know what the parent is saying is right and wrong. So I want to go out. Uh, everyone's going out for prom. Yeah, but guess what? Bad things happen at prom. People are going to try to take your virginity. People get drunk and, and they have crashes. So you're not going to prom. So the next time you get invited to a party, guess what? You are terrified because those same fears exist. And so you're less likely to be flexible towards life when it's on your hands. You're a curveball because you're scared. There, there's fear. Will, as we're shown by the Green Lantern, is the only thing that beats fear. And right. will is action. Will is behind action. So without will, without action, all you have is fear. And I just think that John Kent should have been the Yellow Lantern because I feel like <laughs> all he did, all he did was scare poor Clark. You could have comforted him more. You could have you could have hugged him more. You could have let him skim his knee, take some chances. You could have expressed to him the dangers of the situation directly, not this big 
weird storm cloud of they're gonna get you. I feel like you 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 could have done that better. And because of because we live in a world and again, all for the news, because the news is evil people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everyone got an agenda. I'm all for the news, Facebook, uh uh anything that's out there, cell phones, uh, you know, the the fake news, I'm all that should exist. But then you should be able to come home where they go, We love you, we'll always love you, you'll always be here, and you'll always be one of us. Mm. Without that home, you just have Superman on the couch flipping through channels of well, I don't really want a super he's not the god I ever and he's just sitting there going, Damn, man. And I feel like that also puts that also puts a bad look on us as humans. And it also puts a pessimistic uh, view on us as humans where um we're all blanketed in that in that statement that yeah, we we and we've we we've had this conversation where we're constantly told, Well the world would. Well the world would, well the world would. Maybe. I think there's just as much chance that the world wouldn't because we've never, literally, never had this happen before. We literally never had an example of an alien coming down and trying to save us or be a member of our thing. Maybe. So we look at our worst parts of, of our society and say, that's it. It's easier and safer to just blanket the world and say, everyone's crap. All men are trash, right? Then take a chance on individuals and say, well, not everybody. I met some damn good people. I had a damn good, I have a damn good significant other. I had a damn good teacher. My parents are damn good people. Like, it's always, but look who's in office. Oh, but look at this war and look at, the, and look at slavery. And if we always looking back at the worst parts of, of what makes us humanity, we'll still, we'll stay there. That's sure. exactly what we'll be. We have to move forward. We have to look at the light. And that's why I feel like Superman should be that light, not stating amongst us, with also dealing with those criticisms going, People are kind of shitty. Like, once Superman says people are kind of shitty, we lost the fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The fight's over because Batman already thinks people are kind of shitty. Sure. You know, Wonder Woman did as well as it did. Besides being a uh, just a great movie, I think the reason why it's a good movie is because it shows that Diana, at heart, is an optimist. She doesn't think that war is something that is innate to mankind. She thinks that war is something impressed she also on mankind. Thinks that war is fun and glorious. She she thinks that war between good and evil is fun and glorious because in in her world there <laughs> she, are go- good she likes gods. The idea of smiting. There are good gods and there are bad gods, and in the biblical sense, you, it it is as as clear as that. So to them, to her, it's fun to kill Ares, not fun to kill regular humans. Sure, right, and so. Um, she does defend herself. We see her defend herself no, quite well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> quite well. well but like you also see her as a child, kind of glorifying the 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 combat or war aspect. Yeah. Um. But she also says, in many times, like, oh, we have to stop Ares because humans, at the most part, you know, they're not they're not terrible. When she kills Ludendorff and the war doesn't end, she gives up on humanity. She says, "Oh wait, this was y'all all the time." Oh, I'm out of this. I knew y'all was screwed up. But don't you think that would have been a much more interesting ending when after she kills Ares, like, but that the, it it doesn't just solve the problem. I I agree. I agree. It would be more interesting. And but I would I think that ultimately Ares you can Ares is a non-factor in the ending because I think what ultimately changes her mind is seeing Steve willing to sacrifice himself. No, no, no but not what changes else. her mind. But the fact that the moment Ares dies, they stop fighting. Oh yeah, I get. I mean, that's kind of cheesy. Yeah, I, I get. That. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I get that because we are flawed as men. Um, but and it, like he, like you have that whole like really good conversation with Steve Trevor where he's just like, like, look, we're all messed up. It, it, I don't know why we're fighting, but we are, and this is what we're fighting for. We're all fighting for some sort of thing, 
you know, whether it's a bad thing or a good thing. And he tries to make her understand that. And, and then, you know, everything goes on. And then she fights with Ares. And then Ares gets killed. And then they just do magically stop fighting. Yeah. Because Ares was the problem. And it's like... But I think but, I think ultimately, just like Beavis, uh, Man of Steel, it's about the choice. It's about the choice to accept humanity flaws and all and say that the, the, the best of humanity will always overshadow the worst of humanity. That's something that Wonder Woman and Superman should both agree on. Batman is fine because you need the cynic. You need the guy who has the backup Superman plan. Superman decides you to take the, the leap guy. of faith. After a priest tells him to take the leap of faith. This is not something innate. That's what I'm saying. But he, no asked, one, the hu- he asked the human because uh, at a that human beca- question. Yeah, because at that point, he is without direction. And because his parents exposes himself to the man. Because his parents... Have given him nothing. He wouldn't have to expose himself to that man if the same thing was told to him by John Kent and Martha, which is my crux of this entire conversation. Had he gotten what he needed from his parental figures, he would have never have to question himself to strangers or any of that. He would be. But he I, would know I, who he is. As a matter of fact, Bruce doesn't question himself because we see him in the Batman trilogy that his father was always there and saying like, "Yeah, we built those trains. We built them because even though we're oh, rich, yeah, they, it they, should they be." Turn, they turn. They turned Thomas into a freaking saint. Yeah, he's a philanthropist, which he's which the gives the nicest guy in that, but the does, nicest jawline. But doesn't that give, <laughs> but doesn't that give Batman a basis to live on? Doesn't that doesn't that explain a lot of his a lot of his altruism and the, the good that he does see and the good that he does do is innately there from his from his dad. Without that, with Superman, he's there to pick it from various <laughs> as an adult from various places. Do you know what it's like to live twenty years without any compass and then randomly at twenty decide to find until, and like, your until, compass? Well, That's it, 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 with superpowers. Depending on which continuity, whether you know they they freaking sully his father after the fact and figure out that like Thomas yeah. has been involved with some bad stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's the main continuity any anymore or whatnot. Yeah, is it? Uh, I don't think so. But then we also got old uh, Flashpoint bats who keep showing up in regular continuity, and he lives in a whole other he lives in a whole other timeline. So, but. I, I I guess I just was more compelled by the idea that yeah he decides to take the leap of faith and no it's not just some sort of super how do you say um beaten into him thing that from childhood but that he has to come out to the light himself as much as every, and then bring everyone else with him yeah I and then that there's and that there's a journey involved and whatnot and that like why is there it, a journey. Why can't we just? Why can't being good start with day one? Like that, you can. If I want to be good today, I could just be good today. It is, it, I don't have to. I don't have to apologize to everyone I've ever hurt. I don't have to a join journey, a church. A I don't have to. Learning, there's a journey in learning how to be Superman and how to be a symbol. There is a journey in how to bring the world along with you. I guess not so much a journey about how to be good. I guess that's where my. I guess that's where my. Uh, that's where I uh, part ways is because I feel like Superman is good. I feel like they're one and the same. I feel like when you say he doesn't know or you have to, there's a journey to figure out how to be Superman, it's to be what his ideal is of the peak of humanity. The, the goodness of humanity at its most cranked up to 11 is generous, is thoughtful, is uh, you know loving, is compassionate, is tolerant, all those things. And so he just constantly tries to remind himself that if he wants to fit in here, and because he loves us and humans, that he wants to be the best human that he can be, and so that should that should be an adventure, not a journey. That should be you understand know what I'm saying. That should be something that you wake up every morning to anticipate. Like, and today I'm gonna save more people, and I'm gonna make the world better today too. 
not <sighs> there's a hurricane and you know I gotta go do that and what a fire in Mexico damn man I gotta do that I can't tell you much about that because that's like those are those are some of the things that I think weren't the best decisions to make in Batman v Superman mm. which is all problems or, or missteps that were taken after Man of Steel something that we can agree upon is a great moment in Man of Steel is the actual joy he fe- he realizes when he figures out how much he can fly yes that adulation is something we can relate to of the character that is quote-unquote unrelatable. Right. Because we can all relate to joy, excitement, and adventure. We pretend that we can't because we live in this cynical cloud of like, who needs adventure? You voted? You, who needs, you know, <laughs> right. you like that album? You like that movie? It's trash. It's whack. It's You did that? That's not cool. We're constantly pushing each other down, but in that moment, even as geeky as a 33-year-old man skipping across the Antarctic, <laughs> we understand what it's like when you first do something that you always wanted to do or never thought you could or given a chance to do and find out you excel at. Right. There is that excitement. That, that is the relatability. When people argue that Superman is not relatable, there are parts of him that are more human than parts of some of these other heroes that are called relatable. I think Superman's unrelatability, if that's a word or not, is lays at the feet of the, of the studio. If I you, think the idea that Superman's unrelatable is... is, is, is Maybe hogwash. Yeah, but also once again, yeah. also, once again uh, uh, you know the problem with with Superman as a peripheral, where you all you see is cape and strongman and laser beams and super everything, and it's not, and you don't see the. Besides all that, he has the same things we all have. He's got a dog. He's got a girlfriend or a wife that kind of nags him sometimes. He's got a kid that that misbehaves at times. He's got a job that he has to deal with and a boss that just stays on his neck. That's why I love that that um, characterization of Superman in, in Rebirth issue one, which we covered here as part of major issues, because it it showed him it showed why he believes in the things he believes as he imparted it on his son. And guess what? <laughs> guess what? He was also scared that his son might get uh, once they find out what he is, what might happen to him. And he gives him he comforts him at every step of the way when he finds out about the dead cat that John, you know, scorched old snowball or whatever the heck. He comforts his son. He there's they go to the moon together. He has a conversation with him. It's like you love the members of your family. If they're ever scared, even if they're scared for good reason, good reason, you find a way around that fear and you armor them with the with with truth and with love and they go and fight fear because you they feel more protected in your love and in your care. Pushing somebody away and going, well, deal with that on your own. When it come when the time comes, you better have a decision because sure. it's gonna change everything. That's crazy. That's although, crazy although talk. you can argue somewhat, somewhat that Superman's in a different position because now it's not the first time, and yeah, these things are almost commonplace. I think we should end it, end this conversation. I love this conversation, by the way. Hmm. I think we should end this conversation with uh, something that people fall on either side with, which is the first snap, or I guess you say snap, hmm. uh, heard around the world which was Zod's neck in right. Man of Steel. Where do you fall on that? Where do you, what's your opinion on that? Uh, do you, uh, on that, big, the bigger question is, what's your opinion on that in the full scope of the characterization of Superman? It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. Um, I, I liked the idea that, again, I, st- I always viewed this as, as day one and that he doesn't know how to he hasn't really figured out what being Superman as an ideal to people is yet. And he was put uh-huh. in a, in a really tough position and had to make a, a decision for himself. 
And also thematically, it shows him, you know, it shows him choosing uh, the humans over, you know, someone he could see as a contemporary, the only other contemporary out there. Yeah. I didn't really have a problem with the next snapping because, I mean, at least they, I think, honestly, it was weird, right? I think it did a good job showing that um, it wasn't an easy choice that he made. Right. Uh, that he was kind of haunted by, that he didn't want to do it. Now, I and, also and, see... And there's this, this big concern because, like, like, Zod makes it clear several times he's never going to stop doing this. So what's your options? Do yeah, we prison you, him? I mean, Because he's just going to come back and this is all going to happen again. He should just put his hand over his eyes. But I mean, that would hurt him. It wouldn't hurt any of the people, though. <laughs> How long would he keep, would keep I feel it like there? Su- I feel like Superman is self. Uh, you do that. You hand over his eyes, hand over his mouth. You fly up into the air. You go back up into the air. He's been they- trying to fly up into the air with the entire flight. They should have fought on the moon, bro. <laughs> they should have fought on do the moon. Do you know what destroying the moon would do to the earth? Listen. Um... Like I said, I think I think I think that Superman's true weakness is that he wishes he could be faster, stronger, and and work miracles so he could save every single person. So I do think that 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 Zod using that against him is smart because superpowered and non-superpowered villains for the, since the dawn of time have used that yes to to hold up Superman. This idea that oh, but you gotta save everybody or you want to save right. everybody, um, and and they use that to great effect because Clark tries because he's still an, an idealist. But Zack Snyder says this is this is my issue. I I just have the issue of why he did it. Zack Snyder says that um he put in he put that in there because he wanted uh, to teach Clark the lesson of never killing, which I get. Mm-hmm. But again, I would argue that he would have been shown the preciousness of life by his adopted parents, right? Maybe after saving a bus full of kids, maybe after a talk of like. Our entire livelihood is on the individual lives of these cows, chickens, on the individual purchases of corn, milk, on 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 farmers, on on good helping hands, on on e- the ecosystem of humanity it, it is on the shoulders of singles, ones, and twos. Now, again, I still think that the death should happen. You still could have snapped his neck, even with the good upbringing. You understand? You still could have snapped his neck, but I feel like that. The, the preciousness of the individual life was a lesson that he should have and never learned in this film. And I feel like maybe maybe that maybe you do the scene of Clark saving everybody from from John. I mean, saving everybody from the tornado, but John's just too far. Or something happens just in a way a baby falls out of a carriage or something like that. So he has a choice that he has to make. Well, and sure, then, and then you get the John can't like thing. Because the, the ultimately one of the biggest lessons who man learns in life is that you can't save everyone. Sure. Which I which was done here, but done in like a if you try to save one person, you'll kill the other one. Which I think is a difference. I think you can't save everyone. Uh, speaks to your ability to want to, and I feel like it's like, well, I saved that guy. Like, what do you care if that one did die? You know, and I, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be absolute or nothing with Superman. And I feel like he was. Fiora beats him up because he's unsure, and I want a Superman that's more sure, especially. He beats him up because he's compassionate. Because he's emotional. Because he doesn't have restraint. He has to have restraint or else he no, no, shockwaves. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like he doesn't have restraint. I feel like he would have had more restraint. I feel like if he had more restraint, the fight would have went differently. And the only reason why people think he has restraint is because he doesn't know the limits in which he can do things. It's probably it's also the first fight he's probably ever been in. That's what I'm saying. So you don't know your level of restraint. You don't know, you don't know what's too much. You don't know what. And so I feel like you wouldn't be that emotional if you had a better, if you had a better He'd foundation. be unsure of himself in a fight no matter what. 
you gotta at that level of strength and and knowing what how much force to use and how much not to use when you're told by your father that you probably should have hit those kids that hit you i think that that sends a message in your head that's like all right well dad would have wanted me to hit them because they hit me back and that's what i should do that's what no, he, he was told to be clear you were right not to even though he would have liked you to because that's all the feeling we have but you but the choice is still up to you sure <laughs> you understand know you know it's not what's right and what's wrong just do what you want to do super powered boy <laughs> super powered 13 year old boy i just get listen I love Henry Cavill, and again, I will have to read it already because we're getting to the end of this, that I love Man of Steel. I like the film. As a standalone Superman film, I I do think that it gives us a different look, and I feel like that comic books lives, thrives on the different looks at these very, very familiar tropes and very, very familiar heroes. I think that the medium lives and dies on people's interpretations. And so we need as many interpretations as possible. But I think when building the sandcastle that is the DCEU, I feel like building it on top of this universe with this Superman is problematic. And I think that the best parts of Superman were given to Wonder Woman, and that's why that film has outgrossed every other film. I feel like we had a chance to redeem Superman in Justice League, but we decided to do half the movie without him. <laughs> I think that Justice League becomes a very different movie if he never died in BVS. It also gives him super faith. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> I I think that if BVS, I mean, if Justice League started and he was in the group, we have different we have different advice to Flash. I don't know what to do. Don't worry. I'm right. I'm right here. We got this. We got this together. Save one. Save one person. Just one. No, man. You, you guess that? And then he goes to kill himself. Batman goes to commit suicide in Justice League. And they have to stop him. Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like, not today. And it's like, well, Aquaman is cyborg. And I'm like, but Superman's not on the team. So what can, I can't blame them. Whoop, just, whoops. No Superman. But he just saw Superman just risk his life for the, for the greater good, too. Which he wouldn't have to do if they were on the same page prior to that. Which we they, they wouldn't have to do. Well, they were if, on the same page fighting if, Doomsday. If he was out of necessity again, there's this thing killing everybody. Are we still going to fight each other? Or are we going to fight this uh, weird Godzilla, uh, Super Mario elevator scene, uh, Goomba thing? I feel like it shouldn't be out of necessity. People should. He shouldn't want to save the world out of necessity. People shouldn't team up out of necessity. They should want to do it. It's the same thing like how the Avengers formed initially out of necessity, and then by the time you get to the end fight with Loki, it's like, nah, this is the right thing to do. Y'all all agree this is the right thing to do. Let's do it. Now, Phil Coulson had to die. Maybe they should have killed Perry White or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, Maybe they shouldn't have saved Martha. Oh, you, you don't have that scene with that either. You understand? Because Superman would have talked to him because he wouldn't have thought that this guy feared him. He would have walked right up. He would have grabbed him by his scruff. He tried to talk to him. But you grab him by his, <laughs> you grab him by your scruff with super speed. You fly him 50 feet into the air and you say, we're going to have this conversation here or you're going to have it on the ground. And when you're on the ground, I'll just hover over you and talk to you about Is it. Is that not the kind of like scary, threatening Superman you're really against? I, I, didn't say, I didn't say the bat is dead. I no, didn't, I didn't like, talk about people it's, bleeding. It's the threat. <laughs> It, but it's the threat with, it's the threat We're going with to talk at the end of a gun. This is the threat with um, what you call it though. It's the threat with, what's that word? Restraint, because it could, it, they don't even have to be a threat. It could just we be Zod. I drop you. I'm saying it could be no, it could just be Zod again. He could just snap his neck again and be like, open his shut case. He's been branding people for years. We're done. We're done here. And and by the way, it's Bruce Wayne. But he's <laughs> now, not trying to we, do that. He's not, but he's not trying to do anything. That's my problem with Superman. He's he not, tells him to stop. He go no. He goes. 
you got this all wrong or something like that. He's saying he's he's doing the Pa Kent and it's Pa Kent's fault. He's he's not getting direct. He's not saying directly what he should. He's saying everything else around it. He's saying, um, um, Lex Luthor's behind all of this. <laughs> How? You're not saying you're not saying the direct or the direct things. You're not and. Obviously, Batman's in bloodlust. Machine guns just popped out. He pressed the button and machine guns just popped out and started yeah. attacking you. He's obviously dead set on doing this. Are you really going to be the pacifist and just, and at one point, just take it? And then he gets mad because he's emotional, mm-hmm. which he should never be. And we're, we're, in this, we're in this fight. He takes two canisters to the face because, because he's emotional, because he's not paying attention. But, Super- uh, see, I'm, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that part because I do think the, the initial Batman versus Superman whole thing was poorly done. But do you think that that's born from the sins of Man of Steel? No. <laughs> I, believe that, I believe that this is a cor- the characterization is, is apt. I believe that that Superman is that Superman. I feel like those two Supermans are the same. Superman? Supermans? <laughs> Super apostrophe? Jesus. Something like that. But you guys let us know how you guys feel about it. Uh... There are some that's going to be firmly on my side. There's some that's going to be firmly on GT's side. But the thing about the world and the thing about comic books at all is that we are allowed to make these varying opinions and try to do our best to justify them in this very fictitious world. But I guess it is real life because we are in Snyder Vision. We will be seeing what the DCEU does in the future. But I do think that if they want to go off on the right step, they want to start off on the right foot, as the saying goes, they absolutely need I, I want to throw one question at you right, right, as the, right at the end. Okay. Should we start over? Because we will always start over. There's yeah. been 15 Superman. There will be more. Yes. Do we just get a... Do we come back with a new actor one day and just say, Superman, he's been doing this for years. He's already married to Lois. This is our story. I think you can. I also think that Man of Steel, Man of Steel has a problem because it's not in order. And I know that that's not... That there's been tons of movies done... Out of sync. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pulp Fiction is one of my favorites, and it's done out of sync. Sure. But I feel like Superman, the story of Superman, and more, the score of Hans Zimmer is something that builds. Sure. And so we should be seeing the ascension of this character, where we see ascension, stop, ascension, stop, ascension. And I think that you, again, about the overcomplication, I think that you should just tell a straight up Superman story, straight up as it is. But they're scared. They they really do fear. The hometown, small town story that is not relatable. And I, uh, Amazon is not relatable. I was never raised to be an Amazon, but it becomes relatable when you show us that there's people that care about her in her world. When you show us that, that, that his, uh, Captain America's ideals are not silly and people take him dead serious, that lends it to them. If you don't believe in the character, no matter what you do to him on screen, no one's going to believe in it. Look at John Carter. No one's talking about some great John Carter movies, you understand? Because they didn't there was no love behind that project. They just wanted to make money. And you can't get into that problem Is here that with the, the DC. Yeah. I didn't see it. You see what I'm talking about? <laughs> so we 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 need it. We Superman deserves better. I have a question for you. Mm. Is Man of Steel the best characterization of Superman? It's my favorite. I don't know what okay. that's okay. the, 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 the like the um the certain is the best. Like as a characterization, despite the movie not being great, like Superman Returns is a fine characterization of him. Okay. It was just, but the movie, but the movie wasn't great. Movie. So when are we gonna get to this middle? What can we just get to the good characterization, good movie, and then just lock those two together? Uh, I don't know. I think again, I think Man of Steel is a good movie. Yeah. I just don't think it's a good characterization. Uh, 
he should be in spite of everything. And I feel like he kind of just is like, I'll be as nice as you guys want me to be. But that's neither I, here nor I, there. I think, I think maybe that version um, is the one where it would be the best, where we just do uh, essentially the Supergirl Superman, where it's just Superman. He's already here. This is every version of him you pretty much imagine he is. He's been doing this for a while. Just story. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. The first issue to issue, because I read a bunch of Superman stories, but the first issue to issue story I read, he already had a wife and kid. Yeah. Do you understand? And it's you know you know what it is. We'll we'll refamiliarize you with key parts of the story, but you you know this story. Like you, if you know if you are aware of the basics, like this is Superman, came from an A planet, but again, has all the things. There's this girl, Lois Lane. That's this girl. Bam. But I need, but I need to stress that if you do it that way, it has to be as close to the main characterization as possible. Sure. Because you, Batman, was not characterized as he normally is. He's not normally telling people that they're that we're that he's a criminal or branding them or branding them. Well, he's he's made the criminal line before. I think he makes that line when he gets old and is all crotchety and stuff, sure. or when he's just when he's just down out and depressed and stuff. But if that's his full crux, killing a man—he doesn't. Mike Batman doesn't spend six months killing a man. Two years, killing a man. What do you mean? Like in BBS, planning to kill a man. Once he saw, once he saw. Oh, planning to kill a yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. didn't spend two years planning to kill kill a man and then decide not to, on a whim. But uh, we were told that we know that Batman. Sure. And I feel like that's a that's a failing of the characterization of that as well. And you're supposed to know what happened to him because we showed a joke. I don't think that's good enough. A joke reference to Robin. And so the same thing. But if it was a straight up and up Batman like '89, mm-hmm. we fine. We know that. We know that story. But because Nolan's was going to be a more grounded, we had to get the story again from the beginning. Sure. And so if you're going to tell the story, if you're going to rewrite it, we need it all. If you're not going to, then give us what we already know. Um, but this was supposed to be a reinvention. And so they owed it to us to get give give us all that we got, and they gave us like here's some origin, here's some current time, here's some Krypton, here's some, and I'm like, you gave me the my, I ordered a sandwich and you gave me the parts separately and put them on different plates, and you're telling me that this this sandwich is great, it's gonna be tremendous, and it probably is, it's probably gonna kill, but like I think it could have been put together better. Sure. And I think that's all that's all I got to say on the matter. But I love Superman. I hope you guys love Superman. I know Greg loves Superman. GT Rebirth is here. Uh, to defend my, the man of, of steel. And I hope you guys have a bunch of opinions on the matter. Make sure that you uh, make those opinions be known in this various ways. First of all, this is the second conversation about Superman me and GT Rebirth have had. We had a long discussion about the man of steel um, when his 1000th issue of Action Comics was released. Uh, so I think that you guys should go back and listen to that. I think it's like episode 20, I think, maybe. It's around the 20s. Yeah. Um, so go back and listen to that. And you can listen to all of the episodes of the Major Issues podcast. This is not lucky number 50. Mm-hmm. I think that's like uh, silver silver anniversary. I can't remember. Maybe. Um, but lucky number 50. You then we, There's 49 other episodes for you guys to listen to Special if you guys want edition. to. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is the this is the lenticular cover version of of uh, of, of major issues. Um, this is the eighty page giant, if you will. So go back, listen to some of our other episodes, and you can find all our episodes of the Major Issues podcast by going to Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever podcasts are found. You can just Google Major Issues podcast, and we're the first ones that pop right up. And if you have an iPhone. You can just go to your podcast app because they put one on your phone without you even knowing. 
So you just go to go go to your iPhone, go to your podcast app that you probably have never used because you didn't know it existed, <laughs> and uh, type in major issues into the search, and you will see us pop up in all our black, white, and yellow glory. But when it comes to contacting us, you have to contact to us through our parent company, Comic Book Click, because that's who brings you guys major issues every week. And you can reach us at Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, or use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. You can follow Major Issues on Twitter at Major Issues CBC. Um, we have revamped all of our social media, so we are have a bigger social media presence than ever. Make sure you are like, sharing, subscribing. Rate us on iTunes if you give us if you got a chance because it gives us a chance to increase our audience and learn what you guys like, what you dislike, and how to grow as podcasters, which I, I cannot wait for the growth of 2019. We're going to be doing some big things as part of Major Issues and CBC. But how can Lots they reach you? Some big things. Oh, yeah, you're in line. How can, how can uh, they reach you? You can reach me on Twitter at WeBirthGT. Uh, at WeBirthGT. That's my one Twitter account. It's the only one I use. And I'm, I, I am learning how to, how to keep using it. I'm not a person who tends to post everything I think about online. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing. I'm trying to figure out what's too much at certain points. But, people be... but you know, whenever, whenever I get a whole bunch of new books, sometimes I just I, I share how I feel about them on there. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. But let us know how you guys feel about us. Reach out, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, you can There's a comment section under each podcast. Let us know what you guys think about Superman. What's your favorite Superman? What's your favorite Superman moment? What's your favorite Superman movie? What's your favorite Superman actor? Let us know. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. My name is Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our Man of Steel dilemma. <laughs> Man, was it, was it a dilemma? And, and whether you grew up idealistic, turned into a cynic, Choose to commit suicide by tornado. Uh, find out that your your hated rival's mother's name is Martha, or or if both your parents were Robin Hood, or if both your parents, especially no, especially if both your parents <laughs> were Robin Hood, or if you've been gritting your teeth till they bleed in Ohio because you want to yell at me because you love <laughs> Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. We love you, and. You remember the click, but most importantly, you, yes, you are worthy.